0: The following is brought to you by the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Network. Network.
1: This is Scorpio Sky, and you are listening to the Keeping It Strong Style Podcast, and it is the best style. Welcome to Keeping It Strong Style, the ace of podcasts on the Social Suplex Podcast Network. Jeremy Donovan here alongside the young boy, Josh Smith. On today's show, we'll be reviewing the G1 Special in San Francisco, previewing the first few nights of the G1 Climax 28, and covering all the latest news in the world of New Japan Pro Wrestling. You can support our show and network by subscribing on the podcast app of your choice and leaving a rating and review. You can also get all the podcasts and columns at socialsuplex.com. Go to socialsuplex.com forward slash subscribe to sign up to get the podcasts and columns delivered directly to your email inbox. Also, make sure to check out our friends at purezuroad.com. Up on the front page right now, they have a G1 Client. IMAX 27 Recommended matches by our buddy Mike Grindle And he just nailed that list If you have never watched G1 or you just want to get hyped For this year's G1 I highly recommend you go to purezaroad.com And check out that list of Recommended matches by our buddy Mike Grindle Alright Josh G1 special
2: In San Francisco Yeah man Um, Seems like this has been a long week It has, right? Like, last week, uh, when we covered, like, the CEO, it just seemed like that was a whole different, like, lifetime ago. Like, the the whole, you know, Kenny, like, and the pedophile stuff is, like, so far in the rearview mirror. Yeah. The only reason that anyone's going to remember is because I just brought it up on the show right now.
1: (laughs) Good job. (laughs) But, yeah, I mean, you know, this past week, there weren't as many... There wasn't really many New Japan shows outside of the this G1 in USA. It,
2: it's been, like, a little calm before the, the storm. storm. I know that's going to change starting Saturday. I'm not ready. <laughs> I'm not, dude. Like, I'm, I am excited, but it's, it's more so, like, um, I don't even... I don't wanna say I don't know what I'm getting into, because obviously I've watched G1s before. I know what it I know what it entails. Mm-hmm. But like I'm not mentally preparing for it. It's not in my like mind's eye at all. Like I've just been focused on G1 special and now all of a sudden it's like, oh crap. Like I know it kinda of slick up on
1: me a little bit. I was like, oh crap, that's
2: Saturday. (laughs) Speaking of which, like you guys might have noticed if you follow the show or, you know, our uh, devoted listeners, we typically will do like a contest or, you know, like a prediction uh, sort of deal. Uh, We didn't do that this time. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, man. G1,
1: like we knew it was coming, but at the same time, it still like snuck up on us.
2: I think with like personal stuff and work, we just didn't get around to uh, getting a contest going. But I did see on the um, Wrestling Squared Circle, there's uh, a pick 'em contest going on yeah
1: and, also um voices of wrestling I yeah pick th- a pick them contest
2: yeah i think they're both doing it so i mean um you know and i would have loved to have done it this year and i'm sure in the future we will but uh yeah keeping a strong style is not gonna be running a contest for that but i think we will be participating in those other pick contests i gotta get my uh my pick in yeah i'm
1: gonna be uh i definitely want to enter in the voices of wrestling one how can you how can you get involved with that one if you go to their uh, Twitter account, they have the brackets thing up there, or you just go to their what their homepage and it's up there.
2: Okay, and then if you go to the Wrestling Squared Circle, they have one of those Google uh, Google Docs. That's yeah, what they're called. yeah, yeah. They got one of the. Uh the Google Docs where you can make your, your choices. It's it's a pinned post right on the Wrestling Squared Circle. I highly recommend that you guys, you know, uh, get involved with that because it's fun and you know it's G one season baby. Yeah, it's here.
1: And then with the uh, Voices of Wrestling one, the winner gets a copy of uh, Chris Charlton's Eggshells. Book. Oh
2: man, I, I'm definitely picking that up. Yeah, I cannot wait. Uh, I, I I'm hearing like really 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 good things from uh, people that have already read it, like that that are cooler than us and have gotten pre orders. <laughs> We haven't really developed yeah, advanced a, copies. Yeah, we haven't developed a relationship with Chris yet. But I'm I'm guessing by the time the third book comes out we'll be getting free copies. Yeah. yeah. something. <laughs> but uh yeah, there are people that are saying it's like the greatest per resu book. It, it's better than Lion's Pride, which just I don't know how that could be possible. But yeah, it's it I can't wait. Yeah. So yeah, definitely. Um yeah, you right. want to get into this show? Yeah, so G G1 special in
1: San Francisco. Let's start with the attendance. I know that's been a big thing, a big point of conversation um, leading into this show, and... Um from a couple of different sources, it sounds like um, there was uh, six thousand three hundred thirty-three people in the building.
2: That's the reported attendance number. I mean, you were listening to Observer this week. That's what. That's what Dave
1: said. Yeah, well, he, he just said over six thousand three hundred. Okay, like what he said.
2: That that exact figure is what I got off of Reason JP Chris Charlton's. Uh, uh, Twitter. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm not on Twitter, I I went there and I checked his uh, SMOs post out. He's a great resource for news and information. If you guys haven't followed Reason JP, do yourself a favor, do that. And that was that was the number he posted. It's not been confirmed. I don't I don't see anything official. I mean, if they te- if they come out and they say it's less than that, I won't be surprised. If they come out and they say it's more than that, I also wouldn't be surprised. But I'm guessing that that's probably a pretty based on what the people are saying and what we saw you know that night it sounds like a that's a pretty accurate number uh, you know as far as an estimate goes so
1: do you think that's a success a failure how do you feel about that number
2: well uh, a couple things so i mean uh let's get it right out of the way i mean from from the hype machine you know from new japan's like twitter they're you know, boasting basically this the largest uh, U.S. attended show that New Japan's ever had, which it is. Yep. Um, it's also the largest gate that they've ever done. I think they did something close to like 800k. Oh, really? I haven't seen the numbers on it. I think that's what... Well, that's what I was hearing. I don't okay. know. I mean, I don't know. I, maybe I'm well, off.
1: Well, I mean, Meltzer said last week that this was probably going to be the largest gate in the Cow Palace just because a lot of the higher price tickets are bought up first. Yeah. So.
2: So, I mean, that's what I was hearing. I don't know how accurate that it... May, does that sound crazy?
1: I mean, I don't know. I have no idea what, you know, the normal, like, gates are for that kind of you stuff. You know,
2: I've but. had a long week. I could have like no I I'm said, a, like, that could be right I have no idea 800k sounds like a lot though like a million dollar gate for 6,000 people I don't know <laughs> we'll have to do some research yeah I, I, man I hate being that show like that has like the bad info um
1: but, but at least we're admitting we're not 100% accurate. Yeah, but the, the
2: thing is, I don't think any of the official numbers have come out anyways. Right. I mean, when something more, like, uh, concrete comes out. But they did they did the biggest gate they've ever done, the largest attended show. And then, um, you know, uh, what's it called? The largest attended show, biggest gate, and, you know, yeah, they broke, they broke a bunch of records. Yeah. So. Um, but with that being said... Uh, I think that a lot of people, you know, the cow palace seats about 12,000 and I think a lot of people were expecting with the success of all in and the popularity of of the new Japan brand and how successful the, uh, Walter pyramid show last, what was that April. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's a lot of people that were hypothesizing they're going to do much bigger numbers. I was one of them initially. I was right up there thinking like, Hey, they're going to sell out, do 10 K. Um, but I think we've we've kind of covered in detail, like all the different factors, whether it be, you know, fatigue from travel, you know, so many different traveling fans. Also, the, you know, the fact that it's not as easy of an accessible area to travel to the way that, say, like Los Angeles was, um, you know, the different shows that have been running like CEO All In, the War of the Worlds tours. And then,
1: right. There was plenty of opportunities for you to see these New Japan guys.
2: And I think it was just, you know, they didn't. I, they didn't announce a card until a couple of weeks before the show, which, like, I think is really what what killed them the most. I think a, a, a lack of advertising and a lack of promotion. Yeah, that's,
1: that's one thing I've been hearing. Like, there's been, like, a lack of advertisement, especially, like, the Japanese, like, festivals and market stuff in the San Francisco area. Yeah. There was very little awareness of the show. So, I mean, unless you're, like, a diehard New Japan fan, it's a possibility that you had no idea that this show was going on.
2: Now, um you we had a a listener actually send us a
1: photo right yeah i wanted to give him a shout out uh clifton grooms at clifton grooms on twitter Rocking his uh Young Bucks Bullet Club t-shirt.
2: You know, I thought you were about to say his young boy t-shirt. <laughs> and, and I was about to be like, you know what? That's a great idea. We need to get a, t- a young boy t-shirt. A t-shirt for me. Yeah. <laughs> that would be so cool. <laughs> uh, I think you're the more popular like host of the show. I don't think people... Well, I guess because I, I interact. I'm on
1: Twitter more and like Facebook. But I mean, you're on Reddit and you're... you're it's, in... it's not
2: just that. Like, you're the face. You're the face of the show. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I mean, that'd be cool. Maybe there's some misfits out there that want to wear, like, young boy. Like, People like heels. I guess. You're a cool heel. Am I a cool heel? Yeah. I don't know if I'm a cool heel. <laughs> we'll see. But, yeah. Uh, no, that's cool. So, what he, he shared a picture with us. What was that pre-show?
1: Yeah. It was, like, right before the show started. He took a picture in front of the by the ring.
2: Okay. What, what does it look like as far as attendance from what you can see in that Oh, uh,
1: well, he didn't really. I think it was before. Yeah, it's before anybody really got in, so yeah, there's nobody in the seats. He must have gotten there really early.
2: They did the uh, the old school, like the the mid south uh, slash Jim Crockett promotion deal, where they like kept the 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 lights real low in the show. Yeah, so. Every now and again, when you could like see it to me, and maybe I don't have a good eye for this, but it seemed like there was a lot of people in the building. Yeah. But then again, you know, I'm sure everything behind the stage was cut off. You couldn't see behind that. It's really hard to tell just how many people are there. But to me... I mean, it looked like a, a full house. Yeah, it looked
1: looked it looked full on TV, so that was good. I mean, it but sounded. Was, but there
2: was people. The reports were saying that it was uh, a somewhat empty building. Right. That there was empty seats. I didn't really see that. I'm not make. I'm not being an apologist. I from the. They, I think they did a good job. On television, presenting it in a manner that made it look like it was a pretty full yeah. house. It,
1: yeah, I mean, all the angles and lighting they used, it looked full. The crowd sounded lively. Uh, I mean, it's,
2: but you would think if if they really were like packed, they would have like highlighted that, right? Or you would think. Well, I mean, look at a uh, Ring of Honor.
1: We rewatched the uh, Super Card of Honor Kenny and Cody right. match, and we were there live with that show up up, up high. It was and, packed, and they packed. never they never showed like up high
2: in our sections well we only watched the one match so we don't know because you I guess if if we'd watched the entire broadcast there's a good good chance I would assume if they're smart that they would have uh, shown you know how big the crowd was but during that match it looked like it it looked like a a decent sized crowd but nothing as big as it was man to me what's funny is it seemed smaller about comparable maybe a little smaller than say a Hammerstein ballroom show right yeah which it was like double, more than double. Yeah. Um. You know the, the size of that crowd, but it didn't seem like it on on tape. I mean, don't get me wrong. It had a big big like feel. So I am wondering, like, you know, with that being, I guess we're getting, going off on a tangent. But with that <laughs> being said, like, uh, you know, with this num with these numbers though, on the the fact that a they they drew an incredible house, <clears throat> they had a really well attended show. I mean, this is still nothing to sneeze at. I mean, yeah. we're talking about. What is this? Their third show? Yeah. Third show in the US. And they've already done bigger numbers than. Remember, like, how Stoke we were talking about, like, when Supercard of Honor broke 6,000? It was one of the largest, you know, attended wrestling shows outside of WWE and WCW in, in, yeah. in two decades. Yeah. Uh, de- freaking new japan just did the same thing but because of how hot the product is and the notoriety and all the different things attached to that people are looking at it as a disappointment right uh, obviously there's a reason they're coming back again because they, they they're making really good money on right shows. i mean
1: i see this attendance as a success uh, i mean it's the largest
2: crowd they've done here in the u.s i mean i wouldn't say like it's like oh my god right WWE better watch their back. No, yeah, I mean, obviously they, obviously
1: there was room to do, to improve and do better, but I mean, for the first time running in the Cow Palace, I, I still think it's a success, um, and I think, um, you know, they're gonna they're gonna keep growing here in the U.S. The more and more they do shows here, and the more the awareness goes up. I here. think
2: it's a learning. Um, you know, it's it's a lesson for them, it's a learning curve. Um, hopefully they correct some of these mistakes, maybe with Harold Mai taking over. Yeah. There'll be better marketing in the future or more like market research. But I don't know, they're coming back in September, we'll get to that. But right. um they got another chance to prove themselves. Yeah. Um But I don't know, you know, there, I think there's a lot of things they could have done differently to done to do better with this show. A lot of things. Um, So there's definitely criticism to be had there. I don't think it's, you know, I don't think I don't want to be that show. That's just like, you know, we're just like, you know, New Japan, like circle jerk or whatever. (laughs)
1: Right. (laughs) Right. I mean, we're we're critical on New Japan when it's time to be critical. There's a lot Uh, to be
2: critical as far as the the way they marketed this show. And I felt like it it, it could have been better attended for sure. They could have drawn a better house. Yeah. Um, And that's their fault. And I mean,
1: I think, you know, the key thing, too, is just that I think the one thing that the real one of the real like blows to the attendance was the travel WrestleMania weekend wasn't, you know, not too long ago. People people are sandwiched. Yeah. And people are going all in.
2: If they would have done this show instead of the Walter, if they would have done the show when the Walter pyramid uh, was happening at Cow Palace at the Cow Palace, they would have sold out. Yeah, they would have sold the entire thing out. And we'd be talking all in all in who? Yeah. So but I mean uh, with that being said, nothing there's you know it is a, a slight disappointment yeah. in that they could have done and better but they it's still a success
1: yeah and a lot of people have been trying to compare this to all in and I think one of the big differences here is New Japan never came out and said that they were going to do 10,000 seats.
2: you know the thing is all in is based off of one brand. That's the bullet club yeah. The Bullet Club is, in reality, I would say, in the states, a much bigger brand than New Japan Pro Wrestling is. Yeah, I mean, if like the Bullet Club is in the psyche of all the American fan base on the Indies and the Ring of Honor fans and the New Japan fans, it, it is a bigger thing. People do associate the Bullet Club brand with New Japan, or <laughs> New <laughs> Japan, uh, New Japan. But at the same time, like it's its whole separate thing thing, and entity like the elite being the elite that's such a huge deal whereas like New Japan I mean we cover New Japan we know like the fan base the diehard fan base like people are still getting into it Um, you know people are still learning and and finding out but like there's a bigger fan base I would say for the Bullet Club and, and the elite than there is for New Japan as an actual company right so I think that plays a lot into it plus you know, there's the excitement, the excitement factor of like, hey, we're being part of something special. We're being a part of history. Part of history has never happened before. New Japan had that going for them last April. Mm-hmm. And then they put on that show. It was still a fantastic main event, but they focused more on their, you know, domestic shows, which is, you know... You know, it is what it is one way or the other. You know, you have, you know, you have, you, you have Secure Genesis coming up and you got this, uh, Walter Pyramid show, which one are you going to put your emphasis on, you know? Right. But, um, people that came in, they enjoyed themselves, but it was definitely like, it was an authentic new japan show it wasn't an a-list show this was much more of an a-list show than that one was oh yeah definitely and i think that also played into people that were like oh you guys got me the first time you're not gonna get me
1: right you yeah you us
2: <laughs> yeah they got finessed there's only so many people too in the states that can take off time to travel and all that and i mean you're gonna travel for a new japan show where you don't even know the card right yeah a lot of people did a lot of people did. We remember like what was it? They they like three thousand or something? Yeah. So a lot of people did, but at the end of the day, like if they had announced, you know, like a real card earlier, then maybe this would have been more successful.
1: Yeah. All right, let's uh start breaking this show down. Um Things kicked off with uh, chaos vs bullet club. We had Yoshihashi Ghetto Rocky Romero Sho and Yo representing Chaos and then we had King Haku Tama Tonga Tangaloa Yuzhiro Takahashi and the honorary
2: Tongan Chase Owens. Chase Owens is not an honorary Tongan. He's, He's a Tongan. <laughs> He's a Tongan. He's a Tongan. If you buy the shirt, you can be an honorary Tongan, but yeah, like Chase Owens is a real Tongan. <laughs>
1: Uh, They're representing Bullet Club here Um, You know This was a a good little opener, a fun way to kick the show off. This was savage. Um, yeah. This was a
2: freaking. This was uh, like um, I don't know, like a, a splatterhouse movie. This was just a slaughter. They had king. They had king Haku, Haku on there, too.
1: Man, I mean, we mentioned last week. I mean, Haku
2: could take these guys by himself. They but. had they had Ming of the Faces of Fear. Speaking of which, shout out to anyone that's listening. If you guys want to see one of the greatest five minute wrestling matches in the history of the sport, look up Ming versus. Versus the Giant. That's the big show from WW... Ming versus The Giant from WCW Nitro. What year is that? 96? I think so, yeah. Oh my
1: god. Dude, that's a, that's oh a my- strong style. You want to like- talk
2: about strong style? That's one of the greatest Nitro matches... I never knew about it until Rich and James were like, "You have to see this main versus giant match," and I was like, "What? That sounds terrible." No, trust me when I tell you, that match freaking rules. Yeah,
1: it's a very good match. (laughs) It's it's really like it's one of the best
2: five minute matches there is. It's so stiff, like it's it's a stiff match. But um, no, I'm I'm just being facetious. But this was you know what you would expect from an opener. Uh, you know, I kind of felt bad for uh. You know, show. Yeah, show
1: wasn't really highlighted in this match.
2: I just meant he was like with all the B list. Oh. Like uh, <laughs> he had a team with Yoshihashi. My God, Gato, Rocky, and then you know Yo was there. But you know he's uh, you know he's Marty Yonetti, So.
1: Yeah, man. Show, show was I no.
2: Actually, know. show it was funny. Show was the least featured guy in the whole match. Yeah, man. Yeah, there wasn't really. Maybe, much you think maybe he's like recovering from an injury or something like that because he didn't really do much in that match. Yeah.
1: I don't know if he is or it was just one of the things. That's just the way the match was laid out. Uh, yeah. I mean, no.
2: This was good. I, I mean, mean it, technically.
1: I mean, he's a junior facing a team of heavyweights.
2: These guys went nine minutes, twenty five seconds. It was kind of just a showcase for, uh, you know, the Tongans. Right. Um, they put over Tamatonga and Tangaloa big. God. Yeah. We kind of been wondering when they're gonna like resurge this year, and it seems like they're starting to get ready. especially with the G one coming up for Tama.
1: Yeah. And King the, Haku. Yeah, he had the he had the, Tang- the Tongan death grip on Ghetto. That was great. Then, I uh, popped for that. Yeah, that was nice. I I
2: wanted uh, King Haku to come out in those. Joints he used to wear back in like the mid two thousands when he had all the, oh, the afro. Them, them pants. Yeah, the like, f- he was like, no, nah, I'm wearing sweats." sweats yeah,
1: and <laughs> <laughs> nobody's gonna tell him any difference. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he had the he had the old school green Bullet Club shirt, the one like you can't buy anymore, which I thought was cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, this was this was fun. Everybody got their stuff in. A, it, it was exact exactly what you'd expect. It was a fun opener, and uh, Tamatonga hit the gun stun for the win after a uh, tongue and death grip. Right. Yeah. Tongue and death grip. Into a into a Gunstun? gun stun. I yeah. mean, who would? That, what a combo, yeah, That's bro. a deadly combo. Yo, they need to put the six-man tag titles on... Haku and G.O.D.? Yes. Oh yes. Haku and G.O.D. They would be never six-man champs forever. They would never lose, bro. They would never <laughs> lose. They could go to every single company and win the the six-man <laughs> tag titles. Just start in New Japan. Go
1: to Ring of Honor. Go to Ring of Honor. CMLL.
2: CMLL. They'll just show up in Lucha Underground, take their trios titles, like, whatever. It doesn't <laughs> matter. They will just freaking run roughshod of everybody. Oh my god. But yeah, this this was really good.
1: So next up we had Tomu
2: Speaking of which, how about JR and Josh Burnett?
1: Bro, oh yeah, glad you brought them up, man. JR, he's washed, man
2: He's washed He is so freaking He's washed It's, it's not good, man It is bad, dude. it's bad, bad, bad I'm sorry, dude, and I and love the I
1: love JR too, I mean, we grew up on JR But he just, I don't know what it is, man Like, he's been doing these access matches for what Two, three years now mm-hmm. And It's like he doesn't
2: it's like he doesn't watch the product. Like it would be like if you and I were fair weather, like some of these other New Japan podcasts that exist out there right now that I've actually listened to. Not going to say any names, but if you're listening, uh, you know who you are. Pretty much everyone, but the Super J Cast. <laughs> no, because those guys know what they're talking about. But um, there's some po- there's some other podcasts I've been like I'll check them out, and I'm like you definitely only watch like big shows you, you know what I mean? Because right. you can tell, you can tell when someone's not knowledgeable on the proctor. It's like, if you're just uh, catching the big shows and you're, you know, just keeping up on social media and then you try to jump in and be and and talk about, you know, what's going on. I see it all the time. They, there's people that try to, they try to fake it till they make it or they try to finesse their way into this thing. And it's like, you, you know, um, You're not watching it, right? I mean, it's clear to a real fan. It's clear that you don't watch this. Yeah, and with Jim Ross specifically, Josh Barnett's more knowledgeable about the product than Jim Ross is.
1: Yeah, he is. Like it's bad. And I think another thing too of Jr. that comes off, it, it seems like he's kind of annoyed, maybe about how he's pissed about something about how New Japan runs. Like here's the thing, Jr. Like, yes, why, why in, so in, in your old school territory, yes, tag matches. There, there was actually rules, and the referee kept the, the partners in the corners, and there was a tag rope and all this stuff. But obviously, in, you've been watching New Japan long enough. Their tag matches,
2: it's pretty much whatever goes. Dude, like, he doesn't watch tag matches. You know why? Because they don't do them on. Because they don't do them on access, access. and that's all. He, he doesn't know half the, these dudes' names. He's never seen their body their, work, their signature he has, moves. He doesn't know the names of the moves at all. Which you know what? Some of that stuff is just nitpicky, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it, you don't have to call it the Dragon Rush if you call it Dragon Suplex, that's fine. But like, he doesn't know the moves. He's like, uh, uh, he sounds like, um, Vince McMahon, like, circa 19. 19- what a maneuver! Yeah, what a maneuver! Like, like, th-
1: this dude doesn't watch this. I mean, and the thing is, like, man, we get you listen to Kevin Kelly
2: and uh, Cyrus State, bro. Freaking Don Callis is a dude who only shows up for the. He's on the Brock Lesnar schedule, right? He showed up for the big
1: shows. He's running Impact. He commentates on Impact.
2: Now he comes in and he clearly some of the time isn't as up to date on everything. Of course, you know you'll right. you'll see him make calls where where I'm like, well, if you had seen the Road to shows, Don, you right. would you would have known. But he never like um, you know tries to like make it seem like he's this like he's above the product right. and that they're wrong and the way they're doing things is wrong like he builds the product with, right. with the way he calls it and he's very like pretty much clear like like there's been times where Kevin Kelly will correct him and he's like he's like I don't get paid to show up on the other shows yeah right <laughs> like,
1: you, know? you know just like stuff too like the, the, the brawling on the outside it's like we see the brawl outside and we know they don't do the counts, but it just sounds like, you know, he was so he
2: was getting pissed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's like, well you know, some of that is some of that's valid. Right. I but mean th- we can we complain about the officiating all the time. But that's not what your job is when right. you're there. Your job isn't there to to tear down like the freaking company or the booking. Right. Your job is like to protect them against that sort of crap and like not bring that crap up, not make the company seem like it sucks. You know, like it's kind of like when Kenny Omega and uh, Jericho wrestled and they, they uh, wanted to do like the no rules or whatever. Right. That way he didn't have to like uh, Jericho didn't have to bury red shoes. Right. You know what I mean? And it's like, okay, we want to get away with what we're doing. So we're going to protect red shoes. We're going to protect, you know, the company and the integrity of it. And it's like, you're out there like calling them on like the crap they do. Um, he, w- he was talking about, like, yeah, the the count outs. He was talking about uh, different stuff with, like, the way that the guys work. And, you right. know, um, like, instead of telling the story of what they're doing, he's, like, criticizing what they're doing.
1: Yeah. There's I mean, just some calls to they made. I mean, we'll get down later. But just some of the, like.
2: Well, they didn't know the stories. Right. They weren't up to date with the stories, So they're just they're, – they're making guesstimates, which is understandable because Kevin Kelly has said on record before – they don't get clued in on what's going on. Right, They're they're in the same boat as us. So if you're going to be a color commentator on this product and, and you're going to um, be the the gateway to the North American audience that's watching on Axis, you should probably like do a little bit of research. I understand that that's not the easiest for, for everybody, but I mean – you gotta, you got to do a little bit of research. Right. Yeah. You got to know a little bit, man. And
1: I know Mark Cuban really wants JR and Josh Barnett. He thinks you know, they are big names and you know, he thinks they're a big draw, but if I were him, I would seriously just consider just bringing on Don Cal, Don Callis and Kevin Kelly.
2: Maybe we should start a petition. I know they've done petitions in the past, but we need to to do a petition to Mark Cuban. Ooh, but that's like so personal. Like we're yeah. trying to get Jim Ross. Fired. Is, is this personal? This job. Is this is this personal.
1: <laughs> you, you try, you're trying to get J.R. fired. <laughs>
2: No, I don't want to get JR fired, but I just don't think that he is a good fit for this particular brand of pro wrestling. Um, and it's amazing, too. I said this to you the other day. I was like, you know, I come out of uh, my room sometimes and, uh, you know, Jeremy's got his TV in the living room. So he'll be watching uh, MLW and the first couple times he had MLW on. I was like, bro, are you watching Nitro? Because I heard the voice of Tony Schiavone and it sounds like it's 1996, 1997, prime Tony Schiavone. He is on, dude. Yeah, he is. He is is on. And I'm not even – I'm not watching that product like you are. But when I listen to him, I'm like, dude, he's making this product so much better. Then I hear like Jim Ross and I mean they're from the same era. I think Jim you know, is obviously longer in the tooth and different things like that. But dude, like he's washed – He's washed. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that I have to say it hurts to say that. But, like, when you compare... A Tony and Tony Schiavone's been away from the... Pro, from, you know, For a long time, yeah. But the way he was able to just jump back in and, like, he's still... I don't think in the long, grand scheme of things that Tony holds a candle. I think he's underrated and I think he's one of my favorite uh, announcers. Or, like, what? That's play-by-play? Yeah. He's one of the best play-by-play guys. But I don't think he's as good as Jim Ross was, you know, when it comes to legacies and all that. But in 2018... Oh my God, he's so much better than him. And then Josh Barnett too is saying a lot of stupid stuff, dude. Yeah, like just it's it's just bad. It's yeah.
1: bad. Uh, miss you, Kevin Kelly, Don Carlos.
2: I really missed Don. <laughs> Ka- I, w- I would have rather watched this in, on on the Japanese feed. Yeah, with the way it was, like literally. <laughs> I'm not usually like that Like I'm not usually like I prefer the Japanese feed I like to know what's going on Right But on that night I was like dang We should have just changed Our VPN codes
1: Right Listen to uh, Milano Collection AT (laughs) Yeah
2: That would have been better man Yeah I don't know
1: Alright, so next up we got uh, Tomohiro Ishii and Toroyano against Minoru Suzuki and Zack Sabre Jr. These
2: teams have been feuding for a while now. I gotta make a confession. I made a mistake in the past on this show. I said that these guys have wrestled three times on television. And actually, they didn't wrestle each other at the uh, Walter Pyramid show. Mm-hmm. That was Ishii and um, Okada. Okada. Oh, uh, okay. But it felt, you know, I mean, Ishii and an, another Chaos member taken on this, you know, team, kind of similar. Right. But I think this is the, the, the second time that they've wrestled after, because they wrestled
1: at Dominion, right? Right. Yeah. And then they wrestled at the Rev Pro. No, wait, no.
2: That was, that was Ishii and Okada also. Yeah, it was Ishii and Okada. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean Suzuki, I mean a big part of these matches is the Ishii and Suzuki interactions. Yes. And then also like the Zack Saber Toriano stuff, which yeah. has been great. And, you know, all these guys are gonna be in the uh, the G1, so that's another you know, the backstory is, you know, the stuff going on in RevPro. Plus, you know, the backstory all these guys have with one another. And then also the G1's coming up. So, it's been... I like this match. Yeah,
1: I mean, there's a lot of story elements here in this match. And, I mean, the the interactions between Ishii and Suzuki. Oh, my gosh, It's been
2: awesome. It's been... It's one of my favorite things, like, going right now. Um, I will tell you, though, I've been sad. Like, today I was driving and you know what I thought to myself? What? I really miss Hinari and Ishii. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I like when it first started. I was not like so into it, and I was, but I was like, you know, this this Hanari kid, whatever. But he kind of grew on me, and uh, you know, the two dudes that I think kicked the most crap out of him this year, Ishii and Suzuki. Now they're going at it, yeah. And uh, yeah, I kind of miss, I kind of miss little Hanari. I'm sure at some point
1: there'll be a multi man match where he gets tries to get back at that. Uh, I'm sure.
2: But, yeah, this was great. And then, you know, the stuff with Yano and Zack Sabre Jr. from the previous match with uh, (laughs) – Yano was hilarious in this match. I mean, he's always hilarious. But, like, the stuff where, like, he's legitimately scared of Zack Sabre Jr. Yeah. Like, he's so scared of him. Like, the, the the rope break stuff is so, like, it has so much more gravity because he's like, please don't grab my arm. Like, please don't touch me. Like, yeah, he's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, how do I make it out of this match without getting tied up and getting, like, stretched? Yeah. I, yeah, it's been great. And um,
1: the thing I love here, so uh, Yano picked up the uh, win here. Um, I thought this was great storytelling. You know, they went for the same spot where he goes for the low blow and Sabre catches his arm and the they legs. They got me. I thought he was going to do the same finish, but Yano rolled him up. And If you were smart, you would
2: have probably guessed, like, oh, he's going to catch him again and then... Um, you know, get rolled up and, you know, you probably would have predicted that if you're like a smart booker. Me being a freaking mark, <laughs> I saw him go for the low blow and I was like, oh, he didn't get it last time. So this time he's definitely going to get it. And yeah. then he caught him again. I was like, oh, I'm an idiot. He got him again. Now he's done. Right. And then he got out of it and ended up still getting the roll up. And I was like, oh, my God, they got me. They got me again. Yeah. And so it like kind of put the match over harder for me because. They flipped the script like three times right there, and I was like, they're so freaking smart.
1: Yeah, I love that it was a callback to the last match. And I also love the fact that it's it's showing fans that Yano can beat anybody. But he, Coming into G1... He did need that HG Lariat Yeah, to help get that role. Up. But, but yeah, going into G1. I mean, but Yano still got the pin, and just going into G1, you never know who Yano is going to beat. Yano's going to
2: beat... Yano's, Yano's gonna beat like a name
1: yeah I He's, mean he always, he always I mean, does he always beats Suzuki all the time I mean
2: <laughs> I don't, I'm i not sure if they're in
1: the same block or not this year I think
2: they might be in different blocks this year remember last year we did feud of the year and like one of our top few, like I think that was like voted number three over well, so yeah Suzuki
1: and Suzuki uh, Yano, and Yano. <laughs> I know Yano and Saber Yano and Saber are in the same block mm. so they'll run it again and I, I would not be surprised if Yano pinned him again and yeah, he, he, no I will be yeah. I, I really Zach Sabre Jr and you continue over the he, instead of Yano Suzuki
2: this year, it's Yano Saber. I see what you're saying, but they got they got big plans for Saber. He's not doing no Dude, job.
1: Yes, they Yano. have big plans for Saber, and there's plenty of people Saber's gonna beat, but there's a lot of matches. Like
2: he's got to lose, who, who, he's got to lose to somebody. You might be right, but I'm just saying. Right now, with Zack Saber, I mean, you could be right, but I don't yeah. think I don't think I think he's gonna come in pissed. Yeah, and he's gonna freaking torture. Yeah, Toriyano. The thing,
1: he's gonna come in too pissed, and he's gonna be so focused on torturing him. And then Yanos is going to pull some stuff.
2: You're wrong. It's like Suzuki. <laughs> you're wrong. I disagree with you. He, I guess we'll, we'll, he, He's so much... He. I don't want to say he's smart as Suzuki, because no one's smarter than Suzuki. Suzuki-san, if you're listening... <laughs> Whoa, you should
1: uh, <laughs> be... <laughs> No, itchy bonds. Yeah, so, yeah. I'm not trying to, you know. But, uh,
2: you know, he's. Zach Sabre Jr. is one of the smartest wrestlers out there. He's a thinking man's wrestler. He, he has concentrated aggression, and he's going to pick Yano apart. Right. Yano's going to try all that crap, but when it's all said and done, He's going to get freaking stretched, and he's going to end up tapping.
1: All right. We'll, we'll see who's right about that one. <laughs>
2: we're pro- they're probably not even in the same block. We're just no, out. they are. I, I looked at it. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to say, like, we'd be those idiots who are, like, having this long discussion about, like, who's going to win a match in the G1 that's not even going to happen. Yeah. No, Yano and
1: Sabre are in the same block.
2: But, hey, I really did dig this match. I know the first match was just whatever, but, I, you know, the first match, I've I heard a lot of people kind of be down on the on the uh, undercard, but I'm like, okay, you got King Haku, you got this really fun, interesting tag match, you know, and yeah. then that brought us to our third match of the night, which was Tanahashi and Kushida taking on, um, you know, the team from uh, Bullet Club, Hangman Page and Marty Skrull.
1: Right. So you had uh, both. You had the heavyweight ace and the junior ace. Super,
2: team ta- and, super
1: tag team. The Super ace
2: tag team here. Teguchi, uh, the coach Taguchi was out there with them, too. Yeah. Yeah. That was nice. And, uh, yeah, I thought this was good. Yeah, this was another good match here. Um, It wasn't anything, like, out of this world. Um, I saw a lot of people that kind of, like, I don't know. A lot of people tended to like this. I liked the tag match prior to it more. So did I. Um, And kind of what they were building off of
1: this match, I mean, there was kind of some more kind of fallout from the last Tanahashi Bullet Club match from uh, Dominion or Skrulls on that team that uh, that, that beat Tanahashi, uh, Mysterio, and uh, Liger. Yeah. So there's still some of that kind of flow. Man,
2: I really want a Mysterio to be on this card. Yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. like still disappointed that I really thought Mysterio was going to be on this card. So did I, man.
1: And then also, too, they're also continuing some of the Hangman Page and Tanahashi stuff. You know, They wrestled on the Ring of Honor UK show one of those nights. Um, and Tanahashi got the pin on Hangman that night. And so it's just interesting that You're Hang- talking about
2: from Ring of Honor?
1: Yeah, from Ring of Honor.
2: Okay. I thought you said Red Pro. Uh, maybe, no, maybe you didn't. I okay. I don't know. Yeah, I'm tired. It's been a long week. Yeah,
1: the Ring of Honor, the Honor United tour, and Hangman Page was the one that got the win here in this match, and Hangman and Tanahashi are facing off against
2: each other in the A block. So, yeah. So last week, uh, Jeremy predicted the right match uh, winner here. So let's move on. <laughs> 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 Listen, if you tell me that. Tanahashi's wrestling anybody not named Okada. I'm going Tanahashi. Right. That's just what's gonna happen.
1: Right. Well, also, I mean you got Tanahashi and Kushida, both aces. You go- tell me
2: Tanahashi's going against Kenny Omega. I'm taking Tanahashi. Period. Yeah. He's the ace. I don't care. Tell me he's going against Brock Lesnar. Tanahashi. Walter. Tanahashi. You know. Uh, Deontay Wilder. Tanahashi. <laughs> it does. It doesn't matter who it is. You oh. know, Daniel Cormier. Tanahashi's gonna win, bro. He's the he's the ace of the universe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he didn't they didn't win here. <laughs> well, t- well, t-
1: well, technically, it wasn't his. Fault. Yeah, he didn't he didn't get pinned.
2: Um, um, but yeah, I mean, I didn't think this was anything like remarkable, but I mean, it was solid, good action, and you know, uh, the Bullet Club team went over. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Hangman, again, very impressive. Um, He's just continued to impress. I'll tell you what, and I said this that night while we were watching him, like he's definitely going to take a lot of falls in this G1. I don't think he'll be one of the top guys by any means. But I do see him having one of those – like Sonata runs from like two or three years ago, where he beats a big name. Yeah, he's beaten a big name I, I, on the G during the G one. I think he might get a little bit, a couple more wins than you think he's gonna get. I mean, I don't think he's gonna be. He's not going on a Hanma run, but right. I don't think he's gonna get more than four. Really? That's why he, he's here. He's a young boy, basically. Mm. Heyman Page is there to put people over. That's the only reason he's there. I don't. I, I can see him getting a little bit. I can actually see him
1: getting like eight points, at least. I mean, I could be wrong. Uh, eight points would be four wins. Okay, I thought you. I thought you meant four points. No.
2: I think at at most he's going to get like eight points. That's, okay. That's his max. My bad. I thought
1: you were saying he was going to get no, four no, no, points. No, 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 no. That's why I was like, mm. no, you
2: get two points for, for a match. Right. So
1: I thought that you were saying he's only going to win two. He's going
2: to win three or four. Yeah. But I think he's going to beat somebody. He's going to get a big win. Right, he might beat Tanahashi based off this little rivalry they have going on here. I could see that. I could see that. I'll have to do some more research. I haven't really looked too much at the brackets after we kind of discussed them in the past. And mm. we'll get more into it. But I'll tell you this he's going to, I'll say it again you listeners remember he's beating a big name I don't know if it's a Suzuki I don't know if it's a Tanahashi if it's your flares, your Wyndham's <laughs> your races no but he, he's going to beat somebody yeah. and it, 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 that's going to that's be his consolation in this tournament that's my prediction so, yeah, that right of passage is going to get somebody that's an awesome move that is an awesome move I, it's scary but it's an awesome move yeah, it is um, yeah, so uh, this brings us to the meat and potatoes of the, you know, after those, what was that, three openers?
1: Yeah, we had the first title match of the night, the never openweight title, the champion Hiroki Goto defending against the challenger, Jeff Cobb, and overall this was a very good match but i have to say i am a little bit disappointed with it
2: i'm not a little bit disappointed i am a lot disappointed yeah. in it i'm a lot disappointed yeah i honestly like
1: i was expecting this is the never open weight title i was expecting a strong style match i was expecting these guys to, like go ball to the wall and just like
2: striking each other and like we didn't it, get it man yeah we didn't get it um you know, we'll talk about some other matches that were on this card, but I there were way more hard-hitting matches. Yeah, uh, then there were actually. Everything, everything except for the tag match that followed this, was uh, more hard-hitting. Not only were they better matches, but they were more violent. And it's not that I'm a sadist and I have to see violence, but, I mean, you got Goto in there. And Goto's Mr. Never Openweight Champion. Right. You know, Mr. Strong Style World Champion. That's what this title basically is supposed to be. And... Um, yeah, I was just I was let down. Like you I I love house battles. I love slobber knockers. That's what I thought I was getting. And we got a solid wrestling match. I'm not by any means sparing the match and saying. Right. Games. I mean, it was a it was a still good match. It was good. But it was not what I expected. It my, wasn't really good. Yeah. It wasn't great or anything yeah. like that. It was it's it's been like Goto's whole year.
1: Yeah. I mean I accept my expectations pretty high for this match.
2: Yeah. Goto's been one of the biggest disappointments as far as, um, you know, he hasn't been bad. You know, he's had two good matches this year. He had a great match with with uh, Suzuki, and then the match he had with Juice was excellent. Yeah. Everything else has been very mediocre. He's been
1: mailed it in.
2: Mediocre. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Jeff Cobb isn't exempt from this either. Um, I've said it before. I think that uh, Hiroki Goto wrestles up to the level of his competition in many cases and I felt like this was an opportunity for Jeff Cobb this is his first singles match in New Japan right well I mean if you want to count the CEO show last week when he wrestled uh, Chase, Chase Owen too but I wouldn't yeah I wouldn't count that um, you know he had a he had a, a couple singles matches this year with uh, Suzuki and with uh, Ishii outside of New Japan in uh, you know in OTT and in Rep Pro right but uh with that being said, this was his big on the big stage in front of a national audience. This in, is in his hometown in crowd. His hometown
1: crowd. He's the All Pro Wrestling Universal Champion. I forgot. <laughs> came, about that. came out with that
2: belt. Yeah, I forgot he came out with that belt. I was like, <laughs> "What is that belt? What is that All Pro?"
1: Yeah, it's actually a pretty like decent sized indie in the California so area. So many super indies. <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> this is New Japan. <laughs> no, I'm just playing, but um, you know. I expected Jeff Cobb to really, really deliver. And I'll say this, Jeff Cobb is a guy that uh, I like a lot. I think he's great in tag team matches. In tag team matches, he gets to come in and he can do the the hot tag. He can show off his awesome spots. Mm -hmm. But when it comes to putting together a really, really compelling wrestling match, I still don't think he's there. I would take Michael Elgin over Jeff Cobb any day when it comes to in-ring work. And, yeah. and when it comes to putting together a great mm. wrestling match, you know, um, when it comes to super heavyweight guys like him, he mm. doesn't crack the top for me. I wouldn't put him up there with a Rusev. I wouldn't put him up there with a uh, with a Walter or a, like a, uh, um, you know, uh, what's it, Keith Lee? Keith Lee, These are guys that are in the same similar uh, size as him. I don't think he's as good as like Moose moose (laughs) i think he's i think he's very good i think he's a uh, excellent athlete he's he is a good wrestler but i think he has a lot to to grow and maybe there are probably people that are listening to me say this that think like i'm being um, hypercritical but like show me the great jeff cop matches that he's had one-on-one
1: right like i can't really name you one that's been like out of this world
2: no, I can show you, I can show you Michael Elgin and I'm using Michael Elgin as an, as an example, cause they wrestle a similar style, suplex heavy, very similar. Same, same, all same body size. Yeah. I would take a Brian cage over, over him. Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Brian cage. Is my awesome. favorite, my favorite Jeff Cobb matches have been the edited matches that I've seen of him as Matanza Cueto. Much better. Right. Much better. Um, I don't know if, you know, live they were as good. But I, I've found the storylines and, and the character work as Matanza with that giant mask and crap more compelling than Jeff Cobb has been. And I've watched Jeff Cobb live myself many times. And he's never bad. He's right. not. He's never been bad. bad. I've never seen him have a bad performance. He's always on. Yeah. But, you know, he's a guy where, like, I don't think he has great matches. I think he has good matches. Good. Yeah. He's like Cody. Yeah. Of the super heavyweights, (laughs) yeah, that's that's a good way to put it. (laughs) And he need, and I think that um, he needs to do more. Yeah, like you know, like he's great. Those chosen brother tag matches,
1: yeah, him and him and Matt Riddle, yeah,
2: the match, the tag matches that he had uh, with uh, Elgin, they had some. Yeah, those are some good. Yeah, they had really great tag matches. He's he he fits that role really great, but when he has to sell and he has to. You know, put together a compelling wrestling match. He just doesn't do it for me right now. Yeah. And I want to. I like Jeff Cobb.
1: Yeah. And it's a funny thing. Like, you know, I've, I've gotten hyped. Like, WrestleMania weekend, we saw him a couple times. And I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to see Jeff Cobb live. And then, like, after the match, after his matches, I was just kind of like, well...
2: I don't want to say the, the Ishii match yeah.
1: during, during yeah. WrestleCon was. Yeah. That was like the best match I've seen of Jeff Cobb. Right. That the, was really there good. There was another match. I can't remember. Was it? Him and Suzuki? Suzuki? At Rep Pro. But even that, I was like more impressed with Suzuki than I was with. The Ishii match was better the, yeah. the night before. Um, I mean, I like Jeff Cobb. I like him too. He's good. I mean, God, there's nothing absolutely wrong with being at the level he's at, but he could be better.
2: Yeah, this wasn't a great match, and uh, it was enjoyable. The crowd was investing in Cobb, they were booing Goto.
1: Right. Well, yeah, Cobb. like we mentioned. And I was
2: disgusted with this crowd.
1: <laughs> I was disgusted. What are they? They trying to fire Goto? They don't care about Goto's uh, family. Huh. Uh, this
2: was this was this was Money in the Bank all over again. Shades <laughs> of ginger and Roman. <laughs> This uh, crowd, they d- they didn't even want to give Goto a chance. They decided before the match started that they were just going to crap all over Goto. Not I'm just playing, but uh, I am just joking, honestly. Yeah,
1: uh, yeah, that's, a, yeah that's an inside joke. But uh, Jeff Cobb, uh, he's the hometown boy. People weren't having Goto. He hasn't been great this year. You know, They wanted to see a title change. They wanted a title go with their hometown
2: boy. Um, but, and it wasn't his night. This match was 12 minutes. Yeah did it seem longer? It did. It seemed a lot longer than a 12-minute yeah. match. I felt like they went, like, long. That's weird. Um, all they had to do for me to like this match and I'm, is just beat the crap out of each other. Here's the thing, though. I shouldn't be too critical because here's what I think happened. Goto was like, I'm the king of strong style. I'll take on anybody. F you, Shibata. F you, Goto. You know, all these guys. And then he got in the ring with Minoru Suzuki. And he got killed yeah. in January. He got killed. And it, and he came back after that, and he had that hematoma over his eye, and he said, never again. Yeah. He's like, I'm straight. <laughs> yeah. He said, I know, I, know, I know who the real king is. Never again. I'm never doing that again. And ever since then, we have not seen Goto go to war.
1: Yeah. Like, we haven't. What well, The closest thing was a juice match.
2: Yeah. And even then. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't think you want. Uh, he's not with the smoke. Yeah, he don't want to smoke no more. <laughs> so uh, your champion, oh, you know what? I'm sorry. You know what? Take that back. The match with Michael Elgin was the Mike. Was the Michael Elgin match? Oh yes, yes, yes. Big, was that really good? I I like them. I, was Was this Was the, the three way at Dominion better?
1: I know. I like the one on one match better.
2: Yeah. But give him some props. The match with the Big was Mike, good. yeah,
1: that was a good match. It was
2: good. Um, but still, you can't get rid of the you can't get rid of the other matches he's had this year. You can't <laughs> get rid of the evil match. You can't get rid of that Beer City Beer Bruiser City crap. Bruiser. Like you can't get rid of that crap. It that stuff happened. That stuff happened.
1: Yeah. But uh, here, you know, he got the win with the GTR, entertain the title,
2: and he got booed out of the building. Yeah. No, nah, it wasn't that bad, but it, it was audible. He, yeah. He got like. He got heat, man. He did. Chaos or heels, bro. <laughs> and oh, uh, that man. brings us to our next match, which was for the IWGP Tag Team Titles, the heavyweight tag team titles as uh, your champions and mine. The mother effing young Bucks, <laughs> took on uh, the team of LIJ, Evil and Sonata, the former champions.
1: Yeah. And, you know, this was a very good match. I, I enjoyed the heck out of this match. I, I've been just loving... Like, every Young Bucks match I see, I just, like, love it. Like, those guys work so hard. They work so smart. and They know how to put together um, good matches, great matches. Dude, at this point,
2: they're putting together great matches. Yeah. They're... um you did you watch the press conference?
1: I did not get a chance to watch the press I saw some of the comments on Twitter, but I didn't like see them.
2: Bro, Matt was ripping them open during the press conference, and like the he was making like little snide remarks about you know all these other tag teams come together for a couple years, and you know they're the next big thing, and then they you know either break up or get injured or get called up to the main roster. <laughs> yeah, and they're done. And he was like, the Young Bucks have been together fifteen years, sixteen years, and we're the, he's like. Like, have you seen he's like we are on fire have you seen the run that we are we're the best tag team in the world today he's like every single time we wrestle it's a match of the year contender and I'm like dude it really is yeah
1: you know uh, past I forget which interview this was but in the past they've said that, you know, they treat every match like it's their like, big show match yeah and it shows even like their Ring of Honor TV matches. They're out there doing Dude, crazy they stuff. Had,
2: they had an uh an awesome match with the best friends on Ring of Honor TV in like February. Yeah. Uh the match the match they had from War of the Worlds with uh the Super Smash Brothers. Yeah. Fire. That was the best match of that whole tour,
1: in yeah. my opinion. Yeah, and then the freaking nothing against the uh Briscoes the other night. Yes yeah, in the they, world. They had an
2: awesome match with the Briscoes. Like, Man, these
1: guys are just amazing. They,
2: they've had um they've had those wars with uh はい S-C-U. <laughs> SCU, SCU, SCU. <laughs> this podcast is the worst podcast I've ever been on. No, um, you no. Know, the wars they had with SCU, like those those multi man matches where they were having the street fights and the uh, the ladder war, The ladder war at, at best in the world. That's just their Ring of Honor work. Yeah. You go uh, that six that uh, three way match that they had at PWG with the Chosen Brothers and the Rascals mm-hmm. when they they left. That was the last. Uh, one in Reseda, mm-hmm. just incredible. That's where it is, right? Reseda, yeah, mm-hmm. Legion Hall, yeah. Uh, that match was incredible. Um, this, the, the match that they had with freaking Ishii and Okada in Australia was just awesome. Um, they, they, who uh, the, the two matches that they had with uh, Ruppongi 3K, which I still think that the second match they had from back in February is one of the best matches of the year. That's, like, one of my favorite tag matches. The, the the first match they had with Evil and Sonata. Obviously, the match they had with the Golden Lovers.
1: Yeah. Like, Dude, these guys, the, the run, yeah, this is an incredible run right now.
2: Yeah. I know we're not the only ones to say this, but, like, when you talk about the Young Bucks and the fact that they are a main event act right now, you have to consider them as one of, like... A candidate for Wrestler of the Year. Yeah. Like, we, back in December, when we were doing, when we were starting Wrestler of the Month, we awarded that month to this team, LIJ, Evil and Sonata, because they, you know, were great that month. You know, they had the best matches in the tournament during that month. They won the, the, uh, Tag World, League. The, World tag league yeah. the Tag League. And we ended up giving them, and that was like when we set the precedent in my mind where I was like, it doesn't, you know, to be wrestler of the month. If if a tag team is the best act and has the best matches, they Dude. should they should win. At this point, like it seems crazy, but like the Young Bucks, you have gotta consider them a wrestler of the year candidate when you're talking about that. And I mean, at what time in history has any tag team? And I know like I get flack from Rich and you guys <laughs> for not being as much on the bandwagon of of the Young Bucks as, but I try to be objective. And I mean. Could you ever say this about any tag team ever in the history of the sport where you would say, hey, this tag team act is better than any single wrestler by himself?
1: I can't. Nothing's really coming to mind.
2: I mean, I don't think you can make that argument. I don't I don't know.
1: Yeah. And it's kind of the thing. I I, don't think you could. Like I was saying last week with with them on Ring of Honor, like they should be in the main event of every Ring of Honor
2: pay-per-view until you can get a singles match that can top them dude i mean there was a time where rock and roll express and the midnight express ran at the top of the card no matter what promotion they were in that because they drew right that was the hottest angle that was the hottest act and you know and the fantastics too like that's what that's what they did yeah um there was a time in georgia and also in mid-atlantic before you know jim crockett promotions where like those were tag team territories and the tag team's we're in the main event. Yeah, you don't see that anymore. But like, obviously the Bucks do. They're the main event when they travel in the Indies and stuff like that. But right. at this point, Ring of Honor needs to put them at the top. Yeah, yeah, they need to.
1: And this match was dude. This excellent. was this was a brilliant match, and just some of the false finishes and near falls really got me.
2: Especially the uh, indie taker on the chair. You know who was great in this match? Mm. Evil and Sonata. Yeah. Especially Sonata. Yeah, they were on. Sonata was excellent in this match. Like, I, I enjoyed the first match that these two teams had at Dominion a little bit more. Yeah. For the story elements, for the, the work by Nick Jackson in that match. Yeah, I feel like they had a little bit more time in that match. But Sonata was more impressive in this match. The stuff he was doing, the high flying he was doing, he went he went balls to the wall. Like he yeah. he was letting it all hang out, like he didn't care.
1: Yeah, man. But yeah, the false finish is like yeah, the indie taker spot on the chair uh where Nick barely made the save. Like I thought that was it. And Nick like jumped in the last second.
2: I did. I, you know what? One thing was
1: weird. I didn't like that human
2: centipede spot. Oh, at the very <laughs> beginning, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that was, that was a that brought back bad memories for me. I was like, ooh, human centipede. <laughs> no, I'm just playing. Um, I like when they were stealing each other's finishers.
1: Yeah. Well, also too, like the uh, the magic killer, because that's like Lij's finisher. Mm-hmm. But they hit that like, oh crap, it's done.
2: I thought it was done too. I thought it was. And if Sonato had been doing his job. After I just got done praising him. But if he would have been doing his job and running... You
1: had one job, Sonata. one
2: job, Sonata. You you would have definitely been champions. But, um, yeah, they hit Nick with that first. And then later they hit Matt with it. Matt kicked out. Yeah. Of the freaking magic killer. That was... Matt Jackson, bro. Like, it's funny. He's the older one. And, like... You would think, he, like, he would be the, the, the hot tag guy because he's bigger now and he's, like, more the buy guy. But he's the guy who's doing more of the selling. Yeah. He's still selling that dang still back. Still selling the
1: back, man.
2: <laughs> but he's he's the guy that, like, towards the end of matches, you kind of know he's either going to get pinned or he's going to have the fiery comeback because he, like, the, he's done such an excellent job being resilient this year. And, like, making it out of, like, like hope spot after hope spot. Like, he's he's been awesome.
1: Yeah. And I got to say, I'm really excited to see where this tag division is going to go. If Young Buck still has the champs, I'm curious to see who they're going to challenge, who's going to be the next challengers. I want
2: to see them and versus Suzuki and Zack Sabre.
1: Ooh. I want to see them against KES. I think that could be... I do, too.
2: uh, I I want to see that. I cannot wait for the tag league this year. Yeah. Like, all of a sudden, I cannot wait for the tag league. I would like to see them go against Elgin and... uh, Cobb. And Cobb. Oof. Tell me that wouldn't be great. Yeah. Um, Yes.
1: Yeah, so... Yeah, and obviously the the young bucks they pick up the win
2: here. God, Meltzer driver. We'll get, we'll get more to it. Yeah. but obviously that's why I didn't mention. I was like, <laughs> I obviously I want to see them go against God. Yeah. Um,
1: so yeah, young bucks pick up the win. Meltzer driver on evil.
2: Yeah, I felt like in this match, uh, they they made Lij look strong because they seemed to be on top and getting most of the near falls uh, up until the very end, and then they. They ate the Meltzer driver, and that was one, two, three. Mm-hmm. And I think that was smart because Lij, obviously taking the loss, they needed to look good, and they looked great. Yeah, they and did. they looked super strong. And I, you know, if, if if in a few months they came back and got another title shot and took the titles off these guys, I would not be surprised if Lij are the guys that that take the titles back. Right. I mean, when the time comes,
1: I think this would be a great Russell Kingdom match.
2: Yeah, yeah, they're great. Um, I'd like to see someone from outside come in. Um, I don't know who. I don't know. Can you think of a good tag team that should come in? Uh, Ring RingKampf. Who? Ring Kampf. Who's that? That's uh, Walter and... Uh... Oh, my God. Who's in Ring Kampf? What's his name? Why am I blanking? I'll look it up real quick. All right.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to think of other teams that would be good to come in. Um I mean, I don't know, you know, the the whole New Japan and CMLL relationship. I, I know that's kind of strong, but if it, w- I would love to see the Lucha Bros.
2: Oh, well, I think that's I think that uh, Timothy Thatcher, Walter and Timothy Thatcher. Okay, yeah, I think that's what we're gonna get it all in personally. Yeah, is the Lucha Brothers, but uh, yeah, that'd be a good tag team to go against, huh? Yeah, yeah, but they're juniors. <laughs> And yeah. that really wouldn't be fair if they bring in that junior tag team to face the big guys. bucks, yeah. yeah. Oh my god. Um but yeah, so anyway, so this was a really good match. I would rate it about 4 stars. Yeah, 4 stars, yeah. I was so. like 3 and a quarter on that Goto match. Yeah. But this was solid. I I will say this. I still liked the Dominion match better.
1: Yeah, I liked the Dominion match better. Here's here's the difference. This match was like a sprint. Yeah. Dominion match was storytelling. It was like
2: an epic classic. This one was still very, very, very good, but it it didn't have that same feel. Right. Uh, So
1: after this, they had the announcement of the U.S. returns that are coming in September and November. So September 30th. Uh, they'll be returning to the Walter pyramid um, what's the name of that show I was just about to ask you it's strong style explodes no uh fighting fighting spirit oh, explosion F- fighting spirit awakened or something like that
2: fighting spirit all over you <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> um, have you uh have you seen those um? I saw something on Reddit where there was two uh, colognes. One was called King of Sports, the other one was called Fighting Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, "My God, I need those. <laughs> I need. I don't know what that. I I assume that like Fighting Spirit is like literally the distilled and exact replica of the pheromones that Shibata like has. Yeah. And I need to smell like Shibata. I mean, God, there we go. It's Fighting Spirit Unleashed. Uh, I thought it was Fighting Spirit. <laughs>
1: Yeah, so Explosion. F- <laughs> just explode. Yeah, so Fighting Spirit Unleashed. And then um, on November in November, they'll be back with the Lion's Break Project 1.
2: Yeah, and those Lion's Break Project shows, there's two of them, right?
1: Yeah. What's the deal with those? To me, I'm guessing it's going to be the young lions that come through the LA dojo.
2: Oh, well, they'd probably bring in the Japanese. Yeah. It'll probably,
1: it'll be like a joint, like young lions. Smart.
2: That's smart. That'd be fun. That'll be really fun. And you know what? I bet you they'll even bring in some of the, uh, some indie guys from like the SoCal area. I'm assuming. Yeah. And kind of like how they have, uh, you know, guys coming from like K dojo and, you know, all that sort of stuff. I I bet you they do that. Yeah. Like Brody King or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, so that'll be cool. Um, so yeah, they made that announcement, which we talked about last week. Uh, Will Osprey, the freaking idiot, uh, spoiling it <laughs> before they even got to announce it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, after that, we got the uh, the match between uh, Kazush- Kazushika Okada and Will Ospreay of Chaos, taking on Tatsuya Naito and Bushi.
1: All right. So a couple things here from the entrance.
2: First of all... Jim Ross said that this is a title match. He did? I think... Yeah, so Jim Ross was saying idiotic stuff like uh, while they were coming out he said that this was a title match.
1: For what titles?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I don't know. Um, Uh, Also, like, JR was talking about Hiromi Takahashi during this match.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh.
2: Oh my goodness
1: but we got to talk about okada and his entrance two things first of all new entrance music which was debuted on the strong style uk tour it's a remix
2: i think it was debuted originally during the the suzuki 30th anniversary show yeah i could be wrong i think that was what happened so yeah so it's a remix of the his original theme what do you how do you feel about that I don't like it as much, yeah. but I haven't had a chance to really hear it. It sounds kind of cool, but, like, you know, you don't mess with greatness. That'd be like messing with Naito's song.
1: Yeah, like, why mess? Like, if it's not broke, why fix it? Like, and the second thing, this man came out looking like Vinny Marsalia from <laughs> The Kingdom, Ring of Honor, with the freaking red balloons. I don't know what that's about. I don't know what that's about. Like, this man secretly, like, a kingdom mark?
2: What if the uh, the kingdom is going to be, like, part of chaos (laughs) and it's all a tease? Oh. No, I don't think that's going (laughs) to happen. You know, there are story elements. People are talking about what's going on with Okada. Uh, Obviously, like, we're not getting, like, the cocky, arrogant Rainmaker who controls the wrestling world. We're getting this fun, like... He's coming out with a cut off shirt. With he's yeah, no coat. His no hair, coat. What was up with his hair? Like I don't know. He's spiking his hair now, which is like whatever. And it's it's like um, I, I've i I've heard people. I've heard two camps. I've heard one camp of people be like, he is, like just out there to have fun. He's having the best time of his life. There's no pressure on him to perform to carry the company because he's not the champion anymore. But then there's this other camp, which I'm more inclined to, like, agree with, where they're like, he is utterly depressed and lost because he doesn't have that belt and he has lost his position and he's trying his best to mask it with all this like fun and this. Yeah, <laughs> but deep down, it's 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 a cry for help. Yeah. And as a person who struggles with depression, I can see the signs. He is manic. Okada is losing his crap. And there's only one word I need to, to say to two words new pants and balloons. <laughs> Those two things tell me all I need to know about what's going on with Kazushika Okada right now. And he is in dire straits. He is in dire straits. I think that people who are listening to this show, I think people who are part of this community, need to come together they need to find something nice to do for okada okay like get him a a nice little gift basket Uh, make him a mixtape of some of your most positive like songs Um, write down your thoughts and prayers and uh, put them in like a booklet or something like that we need to do something like take a collection up for this man he needs to know that we are are still behind him because he is lost yeah
1: so (laughs) man i wasn't expecting that but (laughs) yeah man (laughs) definitely some weird stuff going on with the rainmaker
2: yeah um, and you know what i just like i just thought to myself when he lost the belt i was like you know what i think he's going to take a, a long hard look in the mirror and say you know what what was different this time pants pants and we would—he would go back to having one of He's the tightest s- gears that, he, like, Okada's gear was some of the best gear in the history of the sport.
1: He's gonna say, "Sorry, Mamakazu, I'm going back to trunks."
2: No, he doubled down on it. He doubled down. I heard actually that he had to get new new gear because of wrestling in the rain, mm. which, um, and maybe that's why like he doesn't have the jacket right now. Gotcha. But I, I, you know what? I've always wondered, like, you know, these guys wear these like metallic, like, plasticky gear and they sweat in it. Like, how do they? Get that stuff clean. Like, where you're on the road every day. How yeah, do, I have no idea. I think they, I think they would have to probably like hand wash it every day, like in the sink, and then like air dry it. Cause I don't know how. We'll have to ask the young boys. I'm sure the young boys are there are like, Well, they wear trunks. The trunks are <clears throat> a little
1: different. I'm talking about guys that wear... No, them. I'm saying the young boys clean their... Oh, that's right. You're clean right. their gear. they <laughs> are so much smarter than me, bro. But uh, but he he should he should need to definitely reconsider the pants, because as the American dream would say, job guys wear pants, but <laughs> Men of Venice wear
2: trunks. <laughs> 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 If Dusty was there, he'd be like, That's not for you, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not for you. Which is
1: hilarious, like Cody like switched to pants, yeah. switched to long tights, even though he Cody said, like, yeah, my dad said like you should always wear trunks.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well when he gets when I guarantee you like one of these days, like Cody's gonna go back to trunks. Yeah. But yeah, so um enough about Okada. So Will Osprey was there. He lost <laughs> his belt too. Yeah. Um and then Naito came out. One of the loudest pops of the entire night. Um, I think a bigger pop than Okada and Osprey, even. Yeah. And then, you know, Bushi was there.
1: (laughs) With uh, his, what, three tongues sticking out of his his mask. mask, Yeah. yeah. (sighs) Whatever. (laughs) You know, this match, I mean. It
2: was it was, was it was there. I wouldn't even say it was very good. Yeah, it was they average. Ma- it they was, mailed it in. It, it was, was fine. It was below average, I yeah. thought. I didn't even think it was like that. it was Depressed Okada and T-shirt Naito. Yeah, we got T-shirt Naito and T-shirt Bushi on one of the biggest. Yeah, well, we were- Bushi always wears a shirt and then takes yeah. it off later. That's true. We were talking about it actually when they were coming out and I was like, "What are we getting?" And Rich was like, "We're getting uh you know, we're getting um Full suit Naito, and I was like, nah, we're getting t shirt Naito. And you were like, we're getting hoodie Naito. We got three Naitos hoodie <laughs> Naito, t shirt Naito, and then uh, full suit, like mega, like final form Naito. Yeah. We didn't, nah, we got t shirt Naito this night. Like, he didn't give an F, like, care less. <laughs> yeah. And they had a match. Um, yeah. We, we got the second iteration of Scooby Dooby Doo from, uh, from
1: Okada, yeah. Okada,
2: which is always fun but you know i want the rainmaker back i don't know what's going on with him i i am assuming this is part of the storytelling oh yeah it has to be and i don't know what this means for g1 we've never seen a, we've never seen naito like well yeah we've never really seen naito like this or i'm sorry uh, okada. okada like this going into the g1 there's just going to be a couple upsets i'll tell you that yeah it's crazy to think about like okada's on like a downturn as far as like the story goes naito's on a downturn as far as the story goes Tanahashi is the only guy that's up. It's like Omega out of the big four. Yeah.
1: Interesting. But yeah, this match ended with um, Osprey hitting the Robinson special, followed by the Stormbreaker on uh,
2: Bushi for the win here. I think we both predicted that. Yeah. Which is only right because Bushi sucks. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sorry. Like. Know, you said like during the match like It doesn't matter how many Bushiroonis you do You still suck
2: <laughs> I don't remember saying that
1: <laughs> Yeah you said, said
2: that Yeah I was uh, in the mood that night uh, I was ready for this match to be over too Because I was trying to go watch UFC I mean this show went long bro This show went long. This show started at 8 It went like to almost 12.30 yeah, like all- well, It was scheduled for a 4.5 hour block I didn't think they were going to go that long though. I thought it was just one of those things mm-hmm. where they schedule it And then I didn't think it was going to go that long mm-hmm. But yeah so mm-hmm. Um, that brings us into, uh, what was it? the triple main event, I would call it. Triple elemento. Uh, we got the, the match between uh, the, the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, Hiromi <laughs> Hiromu Takahashi, the ticking time bomb, taking on uh, Dragon Lee CMLL, who, uh, by the way, just won the King of the Indies tournament. Like the yeah, night before. Yeah, the night before he had to wrestle 3 singles matches in one night. Who did you you you, did, you knew a little bit more about this, right? Like I know in the finals you said he went up against um he went against Flip uh, Gordon. Flip Gordon. Um, he also went against uh, Brody King
1: mm. and I forget the the first guy he wrestled. Uh, Joey Janela.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had it up here with my, PCO.
1: my
2: Twitter refreshed. Um you said that that was a tournament that was in the local area, and he had gone up again. Or um, I guess it was put on by like all pro wrestling, yeah, all
1: pro wrestling. I and mean, there was like a, I think it's like a Re- Revolution Pro Wrestling. Um, so it's like
2: a joint promo between those guys, yeah. Super indie tournament, basically, yeah. Um, which is cool. And he he got a, a title belt to signify his win, and he came out with that, which was kind of cool so Dragon Lee's the king of the indies oh his first the first match he wrestled Taguchi oh gotcha
1: yeah so yeah he wrestled Taguchi Brody King and uh Flip Gordon in the finals
2: very interesting that um you know I wouldn't really consider like Dragon Lee a king of the indies type guy because mm-hmm. He pretty much just wrestles in Mexico. You know, he's not a, a prominent. Hey, maybe he'll maybe he'll start be maybe he will be starting to take more uh, indie bookings, more
1: indie bookings. But it was weird. I mean, Gucci was in this tournament. They had a uh, Teton was in this tournament. So a lot of guys that you wouldn't really
2: consider like guys crossing the border. Yeah. Hey, if Donald Trump puts up that wall, this is all gonna oh, stop. My God. <laughs> <laughs> That's the main reason I, I don't support Trump, because if he puts he's, up that wall... it's going to stop our great luchadors. It's going to kill Lucha Libre from coming into the SoCal area and coming into the great states. Like, we can't have that. Yeah,
1: none of that. What do
2: we... Like, Pentagon is not going to be able to come to
1: to dude, Florida? Like, what the That heck? man, Pentagon's, like, on every TV right now. That man's on Lucha Underground, MLW, Impact...
2: He's trying to put up a wall.
1: CMLL.
2: Donald Trump is literally okay. How about this? Donald Trump is in the WWE Hall of Fame. Oh. Donald Trump has ties to the McMahons. Donald Trump is putting up a wall. What company undervalues and doesn't treat luchadors, you know, very well? WWE. WWE. They're trying to. They're trying. It's to, a plan. It's a plan, bro. This just all came to me. It's coming together. It's like I'm gonna inject uh... the White House with
1: <laughs> poison. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Like, um, the wall's gonna go up, and like, all the like Mexican wrestlers are gonna be trying to get in. And like, <laughs> Donald Trump's gonna be standing, there's gonna be a uh, dude with a hood standing next to him, and he's gonna, be like, It was me, damn it! <laughs> it
0: it was, was me all along!
2: <laughs> and then, you know, that's gonna be the death. Zero meter, huh? That's gonna you're gonna fear me, pal. That's gonna, <laughs> that's gonna that's gonna kill all freaking lucha libre in the states. Like it's gonna be a day. It's gonna be Black Sunday part two. It's gonna live down a day that lives in infamy. Good, like cause lucha underground. Yeah, say goodbye to to arena to, Mexico. To the temple. Everything. Oh my done.
1: god. <laughs> but um, yeah, back to this match, uh, Hiromu and Dragon Lee. We've said that they
2: were going to kill each other. And unfortunately... Bro, like, you saying that, like, my heart literally just dropped, like, when you said that, because I'm like, we have literally said in the past, like, these guys are going to kill each other. I mean, everybody says that, like, these guys are going to just go too far one day,
1: and this was a match that one of them got hurt. It's unfortunate. Yeah,
2: Yeah, and it it is unfortunate, especially with two guys that have... um, worked together so many times in the past they have so much chemistry i'm sure they have a, a working relationship and respect and you know you'd have to, to have to have as many matches as they have had with one another um whether it be in ring of honor whether it be in new japan whether it be in cmll or what you know or, or abroad um these guys have been going to war and for three years now and this was just the latest match in a long line of matches that they've had, and it was maybe the, one of the craziest matches I've ever seen them have.
1: Yeah, I mean, all their crazy spots. I mean, Hiromu diving that, that.
2: This match was excellent. It was it was the match of the night. It's a junior match of the year contender for sure. This match was excellent yeah i mean we were popping um a lot like i actually had my buddy reggie here who is not a wrestling fan i finessed him into watching this crap. <laughs> uh, i told him we were going to ufc and then i was like oh well we just gotta watch this first and then <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't really care for much of the show but i think when he saw this he was like what is happening yeah um this is this was just this was crazy this was crazy
1: yeah, and uh, the unfortunate spot here was Hiromu um, taking the Dragon Driver and landing. The Dragon Plex. Yeah. Isn't well, it, no, isn't the Dragon Plex the, uh, the uh, powerbomb? No, Sufla. the Phoenix Plex. The
2: Phoenix Plex. That's what it's called. It's the Phoenix Plex. Okay. That's the name of it. Um, so this is a move that Hiromu has taken um, from Dragon Lee numerous several times uh, he actually just got beat with that move by Dragon Lee at the best of super juniors and he lost in the best of super juniors the year prior to the same move um, I've seen quite a few of their matches I can't recall any other instances where they've used that specific move although I'm not saying that they haven't I just can't recall it but in you know in New Japan and the stories the last two matches that they had with one another dragon Lee beat him with that move right um, and if you've never seen this match essentially what it it is it's kind of like you're taking the guy up like a power bomb except instead of having um, and excuse the the pun but instead of having the guy's crotch like right in your face you kind of have him <clears throat> lower to where like uh, his knees are just barely over your shoulders and he's kind of draped down and then what you would do is you would fold him forward mm-hmm. by grabbing his neck And pulling him in so you're forehead to forehead, and then you drop all the way, you 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 bridge. bridge, yeah. You bridge and you drop the guy. This is one of the most dangerous moves that's out there, honestly. You drop him on his shoulders and protect his neck with your hand yeah. while you're bridging. So he's totally cradled up. And it's a move that is very rare. You don't see it much. And when you do, it's always like jaw-dropping and very dangerous. And it's usually a match-ender anytime you see it happen. Yeah. I'm assuming that had this landed accurately and correctly, we were going to see Hiromu kick out of it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but things did not go according to plan. What happened, Jeremy? What did you see?
1: From my vantage point, it looked like Dragon Lee, like his hand slipped from the back of Hiromu's neck. I think that's exactly and what happened. And when he went back to the bridge, he just tossed him and Hiromu landed right on his head and his neck.
2: Oh and my god. And I, w- I was so scared. And while we were watching it, I said I said, I think I was, I was like, I'm afraid he broke his neck. Yeah. And the match continued. Yeah, he had a freaking destroyer, and you know,
1: finished the match. And it looked like you know he was gonna be fine. Hit the hit the time
2: bomb. It, he didn't look fine to me. So, what? When I saw that release take place, and I saw him land on his neck. Following that, I just I was paying. I don't always do this, but because of the situation, I was paying attention to his eyes, and I was paying attention to his legs, and I was like. He's loopy. He, and, um, you know, I remember, like, Rich saying, like, as soon as he hit the destroyer, you guys were both kind of like... He's fine, yeah. He's fine. And I was like... I w- that's when I was like, bro, I'm really nervous he broke his neck. And I... I the only reason I said that's not like I'm a physician or anything, but, dude, that was one of the nastiest... <laughs> neck bumps. It, it was just... <clears throat> there's, yeah. no, there's no way you could have took that and just been Okay. Like, I don't care. Yeah, you know?
1: like, yeah, that was rough.
2: And then if you really think about it, there was that point where he picked up Dragon Lee and I think he was going for, like, maybe the Dynamite Plunge or something. He just dropped him. Yeah. And I was like, that didn't look right. Yeah, it yeah, didn't. It didn't look right. Even the um the Destroyer. The Destroyer was still pretty impressive, but I was like, I could see in his eyes. I was like, he's out of it right now. It reminded me of when Evil got knocked out during G1 last year. It looked yeah. kind of the same. And then, um, yeah. And then when he... Now, when he finished the match, was was that the Dynamite Plunger or was that the Time Bomb? Because it didn't look like the Time Bomb to me. Um, and I haven't gone back and watched. I
1: haven't gone back and watched. It kind of looked like the Dynamite Plunger. That's what I thought. The first watch. But a lot of re- reviews I've been reading say it's the Time Bomb. But I know people get those moves mixed up all the time. It, just,
2: it was over like real quick and it, it yeah. was time to go home. And then... Um, I was scared. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was legit scared. But then, you know, there was a part of me that was relieved because I was like, well, he finished the match and everything like that. So, he's probably okay. And then um, yesterday, like, I was just reading the news feed and Wrestling Observer Radio, someone posted in the Reddit, like, Wrestling Observer Radio is reporting that uh, Hiromu Takahashi has suffered a broken neck. And I was like, I was just like, oh, my God.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so, this uh, what I'm about to read comes from um, the Wrestling Observer. It says, while not confirming the exact injury that he suffered, New Japan Pro Wrestling provided a few additional details on Hiromu Takahashi's condition in an update overnight. New Japan Pro Wrestling officially announced that Takahashi has been hospitalized after suffering a neck injury during his IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship defense against Dragon Lee at the Cow Palace on Saturday night. They noted that Takahashi is currently undergoing a thorough evaluation but is conscious and is able to sit and talk. Dave Meltzer oh reported yesterday that the original belief was that Takahashi had broken his neck on the Phoenix Plex spot that went wrong when he landed on his head and neck after being given the move by Lee. The match continued for a couple minutes after that with Takahashi retaining with the time bomb. Kenny Omega also posted an out-of-character tweet today yeah. where he asked everyone to pray for Takahashi's recovery. As everyone may know, Kenny Omega isn't an LIJ guy whatsoever, but there's no mistaking that Hiromu was one, if, one of, if not our company's, brightest current-slash-future star. Let's pray for his recovery. Hashtag NJPW.
2: Yeah, that's really classy of, uh, of Kenny, you know. Um, it's good to see him in the uh, public limelight, and it's not a, a negative. Positive. Yeah, <laughs> but um, there's nothing funny about this situation. You know, we've been watching these juniors all year, and while the juniors have been having a, a banner year, I mean, we already saw something like this this past year with uh, Will Osprey. We were scared then, and thank God he didn't break his neck. Right, and now something very similar. The thing is, is like, I don't know. Like I don't think – there are certain times where these guys are, are going above and beyond to like nearly kill themselves um, with some of these moves and it, they're not necessarily necessary. right? You know? Um, now I understand – you know, I'm not a wrestler. I don't – I think they all understand the risk of what they're doing and that sort of thing. And I, I'm not – it's it's easy to be like a, a Sunday – you know, Saturday morning – what do they call Monday morning quarterback. Quarterback, Yeah. But anyone who sees that move can just tell you, like, <clears throat> "Wow, it's a dangerous move. There's not a huge margin for error where that could be, where that ma- where that move could go right." Right. You know, uh, I remember the first time I saw it. I think it was a match between. Um, it was definitely Kodobushi. It might have been against Ricochet, or it might have been against Kushida. It was during Best of Super Juniors, one or the other. And I'd never seen a move like that. It, was, it blew me away. And I think that's where the, the whole Phoenix Plex name comes from, because, like, the Phoenix Splash. Yeah. But, man. I don't know, man. I don't know. Uh, it's really unfortunate. I mean, Hiromu has been on such a tear, such a run this year. Um, and that match was just outstanding. Yeah,
1: I mean, this was another, you know amazing match between these guys
2: it might be their best match yeah it, it really might be um i i'm very nervous when you start talking about neck injuries you start talking about you know even if he comes back guys there's some guy i mean every case is different but there's many times where people had to have neck fusions things like that and they're Either done or they're, or just shortens their career. Shortens their career, and Hiromu has a bright, bright future ahead of him, and this would be a terrible thing for him to just be done. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, I, I first and foremost, I want him to be okay. Yeah. yeah, I hope his health is—that's the number one priority. But as a fan, he's one of my favorite performers, and I, I would just—I'd literally be devastated uh, if he was done.
1: Yeah, same here. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to be pr- uh, praying for Hiromu Takahashi and, and praying for his recovery.
2: Uh, do you want to talk about the ongoing debate between uh, the safe working style and WWE? versus the dangerous working style in New Japan.
1: Sure, we can talk about that since that seems to be like the hot topic on Twitter right now. It seems like every time there's a show,
2: there's got to be some sort of (laughs) major thing that pops up.
1: Yeah, the WWE diehards, you know, come crawling out of their shell and um, you know, try to find a way to bash New Japan and there's all this conversation that New Japan is more the style is more dangerous than WWE there's more injuries in New Japan more dangerous injuries in New Japan of course people are bringing this incident up they're bringing up uh, Shibata Hanma Um, but the thing is like look at your own product
2: like Paige yeah Daniel Bryan how many? How many times? Have other guys throughout the history. of... Dude, how many broken necks? Ex- Steve
1: Austin, Kurt Angle, Edge. Edge, Crispin Law. Yeah,
2: plenty of guys. Plenty of guys that have broken their neck in WWE. Uh, L- look at all the, the- Bob Holly. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, just you know, plenty, plenty of guys. Um, you know, one of the big arguments, and I think there, I, I think the reality is, I'm not in a position here where I'm like. You're an idiot if you think New Japan wrestles a more dangerous style. It's not. It, it is. They're 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 wrestling a more hard-hitting style. There's no denying that. And uh, you know the juniors are doing more death-defying stuff. Although that's not to say that they don't do dangerous stuff in WWE. That would be a. a, a Total lie.
1: Right, I mean... Just look at
2: what's going on, too. Watch
1: watch Buddy Murphy uh, versus Mustafa Ali, no DQ match from last week, man. Yeah,
2: and also look at stuff where, like, they're letting, you know, Brock Lesnar come in and hit people in the head with his freaking elbow down to the white meat. There's no way that that's safe. There's no way. Um, You know, they won't allow chair shots, but they'll let let this shoot fighter bludgeon people. Um, But with that being said, I think one of the biggest arguments... Uh, between the two companies, it's like when it comes to wrestling, whether you have a major injury or not, the number of dates that you work is is the biggest detriment to to one's health, one way or the other. And there's no denying that, like the de- the safe style that they work in WWE, but the amount of dates they work in the long run has. Caused a lot more detriment to the professional wrestlers that are part of that company than outside companies, and there's no denying that. There's there's facts and figures for it that that is the case. Yeah. And you know what? That would be the case too if they were wrestling as often in New Japan, probably more so. Probably more so. Right. I mean, the crazy
1: thing is, like Daniel Bryan since coming back has wrestled as many matches as Kenny Omega has all year. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. So Daniel Bryan's been back. What came back? What April?
2: Yeah, and he's already wrestled more matches like Kenny Omega has this whole year. Man, Kenny's step it up. <laughs> <laughs> um, that, no, that's crazy. I didn't know that. But the thing is, is like you know, I, I feel like it's one of those things people want to um talk about how dangerous New Japan is. Like, Page Page's career just got ended. Yeah, it's not to say that New Japan is safer that is not the case but when you start yeah. to when you start to make the argument that oh this the style in WWE is safer it, that's not the it's case not, I it's mean, not the it, case any promotion anywhere—it's this is dangerous. Like we say, you, any you, your your job is to fall down for a living. Right. Okay. Like your job is to on, fall down. on wood that's covered by like very little patty. On on metal. Yeah. Wood metal, and you're you're t- you're taking you're shocking your body with bumps. Um, you know, there's no safe way to. I mean, there is a safe way to do it, but it's only, you're only mitigating damage. You're not. You're not. Uh, Eliminating damage. Right. Which, wrestling hurts. That's just what it is. Right. There's no way that this performance art, this sport, sports entertainment, it doesn't not only hurt but cause damage to you long term. It, it's right. a damage.
1: And it goes back to you know our Daniel Bryan last bump conversation a few podcasts ago. Literally any bump can be your last bump. No matter what promotion you're in, what ring you're in, anything can happen. Now, I mean, Dragon Lee's done this Phoenix Plex several times and has done it perfectly.
2: But look. One mistake. One mistake. Look at a guy like Draws. Yeah. Got paralyzed for life, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, I think that was against D.Lo Brown. Yeah. Stuff happens. Um, That's not to say that there probably doesn't need to be maybe a hard look at what's going on in New Japan. Um, And maybe there does need to be some safer, you know, implementation uh, of, you know, the way that they work. That's, That's probably a valid point probably valid. Some of the risks that these guys are taking are probably unnecessary in the con- in the greater context of their outside lives, but at the end of the day for for someone to turn around and say this company is more dangerous than this it's not the case. It's, yeah. it's just not the case because wrestling is dangerous. It just is. Yeah, you know. End of day, man. Um but yeah, so I, I mean it, it, it it's unfortunate with this match because of how great the match was. Up until that spot, but we've been saying it all year. Every time we've watched Haruma, like mm-hmm. he only has so many of these bumps he can take. There's only so many uh, death-defying spots these guys can do, and Hiromu like, doesn't has not given given a crap about his body. I mean, right? I mean, Dragon see. Lee's the same way too. Yeah. So. I I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. I mean, what do you think? Do you think they need to reform, or do you think uh, what what's the answer there?
1: There definitely needs to be a reduction of neck and head bumps. There's still a lot of cool moves you can do without a move that drops somebody on their head and neck.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, I don't like that move that Haruma's been doing, where he like it's almost like a J driller, but worse. Oh
1: yes. Oh my gosh.
2: Yeah. You, you didn't do that in this match, but I don't. I don't like that move. And this Phoenix Plex. Even though, man, I like this move as far as like. You know, but it's for to me, it's almost more of a video game. move. I was just
1: about to say. It's a, it's a great 2K18 video game. It's move It's an
2: incredible video game move. But I don't know that guys should really be risking their their lives. I don't know that it's worth it. Right. I mean that move that match was crazy. Like I mean, this- Dragon Lee has so much other great
1: moves he can do. Like he doesn't have to rely on the Phoenix Plex. Yeah. So
2: I was four and three quarters in this match, and I'm very near five stars on it. As crazy as that mm. sounds. Yeah. I mean I really I really 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 dug this match. It seems like every month every month I'm watching a junior match from New Japan and I'm like uh, this might be the best junior match of the year and they're all just kind of running into each other and not in a bad way in a way where it's like banger after banger after banger after banger they, they've been on fire and it's gonna be like I don't know that I don't know necessarily that the main event matches like the heavyweight matches are gonna stand up to the this string of great junior matches this year. Well, G1's coming up, so we'll see. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, our thoughts and prayers go out to Hiromu. If you guys have opinions on this or thoughts, you know, let us know. Hit us up on Twitter. Hit us up on the messages on Reddit. We want to hear from you guys. We, we, you know, we're not open. If we're wrong on our stance or something like that, you know, call us out, whatever. Uh, Mr. ACP's taking me to task several times
1: <laughs> on the What's up, Mr. ACP?
2: But, uh, yeah, man, I mean, I, I'm bummed. Yeah, I'm bummed. This is a great match, but I would, I would <clears throat> give the great match back if I can uh,
1: get a healthy Hiromu. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. So it's hard to move on, but the uh, next match was the IWGP U.S. title match. The champion Jay White defending against Juice Robinson. Juice came out here dressed as a pirate. <laughs> this fool.
2: This fool, bro. <laughs> What was was this man wearing that night?
1: I guess he was a hunting for booty.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god! (sighs) We need a Juice Robinson Velveteen Dream feud yesterday, like or a tag team, one or the other. Yeah. (sighs) Like my god, yeah. This man came out in some. I don't want to say what it is. It is something. It was something. Yeah. And then uh, Jay White came out with Will, the NWO no, Wolfpack. Wolfpack yeah. <laughs> oh man, looking like NWO Sting. You know, he, no, he came out looking like a hybrid Sting from uh, Bound for Glory 2006. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no but, man, uh, actually, really, I liked uh, Jay White's gear yeah. for this show. Yeah, gear was raw. That um, being said, have you heard? Um, I don't know if you saw this, but there's people talking about yeah. um, him wearing the, the all red attire. While Okada was also has started to wear the all red attire and that it might be like uh, somewhat of a callback to chaos's early days where like the red was kind of like the signifying color of the group. No, uh, with like Nakamura being the leader mm. and maybe it's the fact that they both chose to wear similar attires is playing into the, the lead up to the match that they're about to have. You know, obviously there's been tension there regarding like the leadership of the group and um, I even saw a photo, because uh, remember during the match, Jay White hit him, hit uh, Juice with the low blow? Yeah. And there's a picture that was saved, and, and uh, someone was like, does this remind you of anybody? The <laughs> Pinchasa. Like, uh, the Pinchasa. But yeah, this match... Uh,
1: Dude, I really enjoyed this match. This match over-delivered for me. I did not have high expectations for this match. And for me, they knocked it out the park. Yeah, um, they, Jay they Jay really, White they really 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 yeah. knocked it out of the park. Jay White finally uh, showed up, you know. This there. is the, this
2: is the best Jay White match since um he's had some mm. some good matches this year, but since that match he had with Will Ospreay back in Ring of Honor last year.
1: Yeah. This is the this, best match he's yeah. had since then. You know, a lot of people have been giving Jay a hard time and you know, we've been trying to like wait it out. Um, you know, after the Tanahashi match, people were ready to bury him, but I was like, "No." Bro, that
2: Kyle Fletcher match he had, yeah, in the UK, yeah, was excellent. And then this, um, it's like he's turned a corner. Yeah. It's like he's turned a corner. And we were, so we were watching this match and Juice was excellent too. Don't get me wrong. These guys were magic together. Well, it doesn't surprise me either. The fact that they have chemistry because obviously- right, They were
1: in the dojo together as young boys.
2: Bro, the uh, my favorite during the press conference, my favorite uh, interaction during the press conference was Jay White and Juice Robinson because obviously we all know Juice is an incredible promo. And he was talking about You know, basically, he was like, You broke my hand, brother. He was like, You might have, you might have broke my hand. You think that means I can't beat you? He's like, I could put you in that pulp friction. He was like, He's like, or I could roll you up, brother. He was like, Just ask Kenny Omega. He was like, He's like, You you get cocky. You think you're going to put me in that sing blade. I'll spin around. I'll roll you up. I could roll you up one, two, three. And then that belt is mine. And he's like, And what are you without that belt, except just like a little weirdo that sits in the dark counting to five? (laughs) Yeah. And I was like, Oh my God. And then, you know, um, Jay White was talking about like, you know, you came into this company and you wrestled bigger and better places and you spun the story that you're one of the young boys, but you weren't doing the chores. You weren't doing the things that we were doing. He was like, how long were you a, a young lion? Not long. He's like, before they, they promoted you, he's like, you, you want make people to think you came in the authentic way. He's like, you're not one of the you're not one of us. He's like, you you didn't come in the right way, and I was like, ooh, yeah, and I was like, oh, this is this (laughs) This is this is good, but uh, you know, Jay White. If you're not watching these promos with Jay White, you're missing out. Dude, his, his promos have his promos always been great. great. Yeah, his promos are great, man. And so that got me really hyped for this match. And then when they got in there, they had so much chemistry. But dude, this man Jay White, yes. was getting
1: nuclear.
2: Yes, heat. That's bro. what I was gonna say. That was what heat, I was gonna
1: say. bro. Oh my gosh, this the crowd hated this man, dude. And it was. I know some people are trying to say it's x Pac heat. Yep, it's not ex Pac heat. It's not. It's not gender heat. Like, go away heat It's not This is like Legitimate Heel Heat This match Why I love this match It was traditional man You had your White meat Baby face that The crowd actually loved And was behind And then you had your Dastardly Heel That hated the crowd, the crowd hated him, and he was gonna pull all the tricks out to try and
2: retain the title here. He's been healing it up all year. Yes. This is a guy who's who's coming into his own when it comes to his character work, but there's been something that's not been clicking the whole year. Like there there's there's been like it's been like stirring, you know, it's been kinda simmering. And I've been like getting to the point where I'm like starting to lose my patience with the guy. So was I. I was like, man. I'm like... I'm done with he's, Jay White. He, he's, a, he's, a, he's a really good performer. He's a great promo. There's something... He, he's he's coming into his own, but there's something missing. But then these last couple matches, I'm like, I'm starting... I'm back to where I was before. I'm like, actually, I'm above that. Like, my the stock with Jay White just went up. And, um, you know, my call that I think he's going to be the guy that has a standout G1 is starting to make... Yeah, I, I'm starting to look a little smarter now. I think he's going to have a great G1. I, I think so, too. Um... Yeah, you're absolutely right what you're saying about the the heat. Like, this was a point that you brought up and I thought was very, very interesting was, you know, back in April in Long Beach... He had a great match with uh, Hangman. Hangman, man, but no one cared.
1: Yeah, there was like no crowd reaction to- until like the last few minutes.
2: And you know, it was uh, the other thing that was smart was these guys came in and they just started brawling right away mm-hmm. because they knew they weren't going to be able to follow that Hiromu and Dragon Lee match in, in yeah. terms of like that athleticism and the crazy spots. So they're were, like, we're just gonna-. they they stole a Page from uh from Chris Jericho, Jericho yeah. Like we're gonna we're gonna have an effing brawl. That's what we're gonna do, and that's what they did uh, until it came back into a more traditional match, but it it started hot which is what you want from a match like this. There is heat between these guys. There's history. There is yeah. chemistry. Yeah. And um, Jay White just healed it up.
1: Yeah, the crowd was solely behind Juice. They wanted Juice to win this thing dude, so, too. so badly. So badly. <laughs> uh, yeah, man. This dude, like, I wish I could have been there live for that atmosphere, for that match.
2: Yeah, the, the thing <clears throat> about what impressed me of Jay White is every time <clears> – <throat> he would do a move it was the little things like the the little nuances like he was he was uh, it was almost like Velveteen-esque I don't want to say like not the same charisma obviously and you know not. it didn't pop me the way Velveteen does but you know Velveteen's doing these little things all throughout the match and that's what the great wrestlers you know that are out there that have great characters do and all of a sudden Jay White is getting it he's getting it and this crowd was he got more heat than anybody on the whole entire card yeah he did
1: He was by far.
2: Yeah. And it was, and like you said, um, I, I do think that because people have been frustrated with him and, you know, things like that, they think they automatically think this crowd hates him. They're done with him. And I'm like, well, a, that's his job. He's a heel. But B, I think it's the fact of, it's not that, Oh, You suck. As a as a performer and a wrestler, like like a Jinder Mahal, right? There's a yeah. There's a it wasn't like that. It was, there's a
1: difference between booing a bad guy because he's bad and booing a bad guy because he sucks.
2: Yeah. yeah, and they were booing him because he was being a heel, yeah. which is so rare in pro wrestling, especially with this kind of crowd. Yeah, this smart crowd that came out there to to see this and it was brilliant. It was it really really made the match um, in my mm-hmm. book. I I thought it was great. I was blown by it actually. I didn't expect it at all. Yeah, dude,
1: I was. Like, this blew my expectations. I, I, I really really love this match. It's really close, to actually being my match of the night. Yeah, me just too. Just because it, me oh, it, too. it, it oh. like
2: as I've thought more and more about it, like it, it's it left like an indelible impression. Yeah. Um, I will say this one thing. I I understand why they did it, but you know, on the Kazuna Road Tour, this I got a criticism on the Kazuna Road Tour. The rule concerning the broken hand was, if. Juice used the cast He could be disqualified But if anybody Attacked the cast They could be disqualified Right In this match It was For whatever reason If Juice uses his cast He's disqualified But they didn't make Any mention of it Being the other way Which does not make Any logical sense to me Yeah And I understand why they did it As a storytelling device They did the to limb get, work get sympathy. To get the heat And the sympathy They got a lot of sympathy On, on uh, Juice Juicy, Which yeah. Juice is one of the best guys From underneath Yeah like, speaking of which, how about this? Hot take. Juice Robinson is on, has been building a little quiet resume that not a lot of people are talking about. I would not be surprised to see him be one of the guys. I don't think he's going to be Wrestler of the Year or anything. But when it comes to that discussion, he might be that outside dark horse sleeper pick that you kind of have to discuss.
1: Yeah. He's definitely worthy
2: of discussion for that. The match he had with Yujiro? With the match he had with Elgin. The match he had with Tanahashi, which was excellent. Then he came out of that. He had the match with Goto. Now he's had this match with uh, with uh, Jay White. And then he's going to be in the G1. Yeah, if he has a hot G1 and then he obviously, um, you know, he's going to have some more great matches after that as far as the title picture is concerned. I would not be surprised at by, by the end of it all that if we're talking about, you know, Juice Robinson, you know, Number 5 pick for a wrestler of the year Yeah He's having that good of a year Also Is this guy going to win like most improved Two years in a row I
1: think so Like my god It's going to come down to like him and Hangman Page I think
2: Chase Mm Owens (laughs)
1: <laughs> um, but so this match is awesome. We got to talk about the controversial spot here. Yeah. So they're out brawling on the outside. Jay White suplexes Juice into the barricade, which knocks JR um, out of his seat.
2: Yeah, the table jetted back and hit him in the ribs and knocked him over, like, literally out of his chair.
1: Right. And then uh, Josh Barnett gets up, says, you done effed up now. He goes to chase um, Jay White. Um, You know, Red Shoes is trying to get him, you know, to go back to the commentating position. And Jay White's just, like, you know, avoiding him, like, running away from him. And, you know, there's been a lot of discussion all over the Internet, whether this was a work or a shoot. Um, Originally, I was leaning towards it being a work just because like the camera, like they zoomed up on Josh Barnett. And, you know, why would he do that if it wasn't really, you know, he didn't even like check on Jr. He's immediately hopped up. So that made me tend to believe that it was a shoot. I mean, a work. But now, like the more I'm reading about it and seeing comments and like even hearing about the health of Jim Ross, um, I'm now leaning towards this being um, a
2: shoot. So they actually did uh, spots during the match quite a few times using the guardrails. For whatever reason, those guardrails were not. Connected for whatever reason. Yeah. Uh, you know, in Japan, obviously, they have the blue guardrails with the doors. When guys slam, it. they're all connected by tape. They're taped together and everything. So when they slam into it, those doors go sl- slamming, creates a real, you know, cool, vi- like visceral effect and the sound and all that. It's something that's unique to Japan. In the States, you know, we have the, the big metal, you know, steel guardrails, <laughs> uh, the gray ones, and they weren't connected for whatever reason. And, and, Jim Ross and Josh Burnett were not the only guys that got hit. Yeah, I mean the the ring announcer got hit. Yeah, yeah, he got hit. They they threw uh, he threw juice into that uh, that one so hard you could see the sparks flying off the floor. Yeah, um, I don't know why those things weren't connected. You would think like a big major company, number two company in the world, they would be able to pay somebody to connect the. Uh, right. guardrails unless they didn't want them to who knows maybe it's just an oversight like, Ch- like Chaz and Rance <laughs> uh, <laughs> but my this is what my opinion was and I, I, think it's, I think it's accurate I could be wrong but this is what I think happened and it's what I felt like was happening when I saw this happen mm-hmm. um, you know so Juice got suplexed into the guardrail mm-hmm. that table really like jettisoned and it knocked Jim Ross down I don't think in any fathomable way uh, uh you know a legend, an elder legend person like uh, Jim Ross who has cerebral palsy right or yeah, Bell's yeah. palsy so yeah I don't think that they're gonna be doing it. It's not WWE. I just don't, like when I saw it, I was like yeah. that's not an angle. I don't think that there's any. Now the intention could have been oh it knocks the table into them, but I don't think that and there's any way that they would have ever intended to. Hit Jim Ross with the uh, metal, like a wooden metal table like that right. at all. So that part of it to me seemed very real when he got knocked over. And I've watched the tape a few times, and I think this is what I think happened. I don't think it was planned. Uh, I could be wrong. I just I don't think it was planned. I think Jim Ross got knocked over. I think that Josh Barnett was pissed because it probably hit Josh Barnett too. You're right. And he got pissed. He said, "You you've effed up now." took off the headset and you know what did what did jay jay white do jay white stood there he's doing it we talked about his heel performance is he going to break character in that moment is he going to apologize or check on jim ross no what did, what do you do when you're in cool. that in that role in that moment you live it up you live it up because that's yeah. what you have to do because that's what, like that, that's what that like the
1: generated even more heat i generated
2: him. so much heat because that was the right thing to do from a business standpoint right I mean, there's no way he could have known how badly Jim Ross was really hurt, plus there's people checking on him. That's what you have to do. It's the pro wrestling industry. Right. When he started doing that, I think Josh Barnett, who already is a hothead, he has a a history of having a, a bad temper, stormed out there. And you know, kind of chased um, Jay White. Jay White. What, what did Jay White do? He played keep away because a, it's part of his character. B, you 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 do not want to mess with a former king of pancreas, former UFC heavyweight champion. Yeah. Like it's so not, he's
1: like, not trying to shoot with Josh Barnett. No,
2: no, 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 no. And I've heard people say, well, if this was like a uh, an actual shoot, and Josh Barnett was jumping in there and he was trying to start something. Then, you know, Juice and Jay would have probably jumped him for interfering in the match. I'm like, well, hey, he's not, you know, he's not drunken fan jumping over the guardrail. He's right. Josh Barnett. Right. You know, uh, the, the the guy who's the Metamorist champion. Like, no, you're not going to fight that dude. Don't I don't care if you're both those guys. I don't care if you're Juice and Jay. He would beat both of them to get combined at the same time, I promise you. Been watching him since he was like 19, since he was the babyface assassin, since he was, you know, on the juice. <laughs> when he had the juice and he was on the juice, I've been mm-hmm. watching him since then. And he would he, he could still merc both of them, period. Um, so, no, I don't think they would have jumped him for interfering in their match. Second of all, he's a real wrestling personality. They're not – you know what I mean? Right. The other thing, too, is you, you mentioned to me that the camera kept – on him and at first when you said that I was like you know what that is maybe it was an angle maybe they but I thought to myself I said in that scenario Josh Burnett comes out no one's getting hurt but Josh Burnett storms out cameraman doesn't know if it's work or shoot what right. are they going to do
1: right put a, put the camera on let's Martin. say it,
2: let's say it was a shoot what, the cameraman doesn't know what's going on what are they going to do they're going to put the camera on the guy that's, that's coming out coming to the out room. yeah that's just what you're going to do I think that this was a shoot incident I think Josh Barnett was really pissed. I think he came out. I don't think it was planned. I think immediately once he realized that, hey, I probably shouldn't be out here, he's a carny mother effer. (laughs) And he started working because that's in his blood. And I think when he – like to de-escalate the situation, they all just started working and got out of that situation and let the match continue. Um, You know. And another thing that tells me it wasn't uh, a work is – how lifeless and how just like non like non passionate Jim Ross has been on the whole card, and then when that happened, he was pissed. Yeah, he was fired up. He was angry, and you could tell he was hurt. And I don't. And I think it was because the situation was real. Yeah. The other thing too, they didn't talk about the situation again later on in the show. They didn't uh, have Josh Barnett making snide comments about how he's gonna get payback or whatever. Could they turn this into an angle later? Yeah, sure. Could have been a work. Sure. Do I think it was? I don't think it was. No. I don't think they're they're leading to anything, and I don't think they plan to use Josh Barnett as a talent. Oh no. In, in the new, they could. He's an excellent... He just got released from UFC. Yeah, they could. He's an excellent wrestler, but I don't think... He's not going to be in the G1. I don't see him headlining a show with Jay White. They, Jay White's a guy they're pushing. I don't see them bringing in uh, Josh, Josh Burn- Barnett. Yeah. He's a shoot-style guy. He's one of the best. Uh, if, if you've ever seen any of his work, I've seen some of it. Stuff, uh, the match with Hideki Suzuki from uh, the New Year's show a few years ago was really great, but... He's never fit well into the New Japan roster. Yeah, and also, let's say they were gonna bring him in to to put it in context. Because Jeremy, I know I know you're familiar with him, but I know you don't like watch him. Josh Barnett is like Brock Lesnar in 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 Japan. He's, you know, one of the. He was the youngest UFC heavyweight champion. He fought in Pride. He was a grant He was a finalist in the Open Weight Grand Prix in 06 He's fought all the the top legends over there. He was the final heavyweight uh, king of Pancrase. He just won the Metamorphs title a few years ago, which is like a really big deal over there. He's like, and he's fought in. I think he's had kickboxing fights too. So I mean, he's a big big name it'd be like bringing him in for a fight would be like bringing in Brock Lesnar you only do that if it's gonna be a big fight but he's he's an attraction he's not a guy that you bring in and have on the regular roster and and have do road to shows you just don't do that I don't see them doing doing Jay White and him and I don't I don't see him jobbing to Jay White if they were to bring him in like Josh Barnett's not coming to do a job oh no no that's why I don't think this is a. I don't think that this was planned.
1: Yeah, and I have a little um, report here on Jim Ross' injury. Once again, this comes from the Wrestling Observer. Uh, John Pollock reported this morning that Jim Ross was in the emergency room due to a rib injury suffered when his chair was knocked over in the spot where Jay White whipped Juice Robinson into the guardrail in their match at Saturday's New Japan show in San Francisco. Ross was very upset because he said that on Friday night before the show, he had asked New Japan officials to keep the wrestlers away from fighting near their broadcast position. Yeah, I heard that. Knowing the amount of fighting done in the crowd that they do. Ross said the usage of barricades around the ring that weren't connected, so they tipped over on impact, should have not been the case and that he has had to cancel three commitments this week due to what happened. He said that it was not a planned spot or any kind of a work. Ross was diagnosed with issues involving both his lungs and ribs and was told to be cautious at the present time for fear of contracting uh, pneumonia. The rib injury has led to very significant pain when he moves, coughs, or yawns.
2: Yeah, and both him and Josh Burnett have come on social media and both said that that was not a work or a planned uh, incident whatsoever. Now, of course, that's what if you were working, that's what you'd say. Right.
1: But I don't know. It seems it seems a little bit too real for me.
2: Yeah. And I mean, could it be a work? But I mean, I don't know. Some, something really – he really got hurt. Mm-hmm. There's no denying that was it planned? I don't think it was. I, was there some working in there? Yeah, because they're they're wrestlers. That's just what they do. It's I've been watching Josh Barnett for years, and this is a guy who, when he was in MMA, like they're always like, "Can you just cut out the wrestling crap? Can you stop like cutting promos? Can you stop trying to work yourself into an angle like with the with the <laughs> in the MMA world? Like th- he does it because he's carny, you know. All these guys are. But at the end of the day, um, I don't think this was planned. Yeah, I don't think so either. So, anyways, moving on. And, hey, again, if you guys think differently, let us know why you think. But I I think I laid out a pretty compelling argument, just saying.
1: Um, So, yeah, but back. So, after that, um, the match continued. Jay White used that heat. Um, There's a spot where um, the ref uh, got bumped, got bumped and juice hits him with the cast um and hits the pulp friction yeah for a near fall
2: yeah and i was like when when i when he uh, got the near fall i was just blown away
1: dude i was like J- jay's winning
2: yeah and i literally in my mind thought jay is winning and I was pissed because this isn't the first time we've seen him hit the Pulp Friction this year. Didn't he hit Goto with the Pulp Friction after yeah, the punch? Yeah. And, and not pin him. And I think he also, same thing with Tanahashi. So there's been several times this year alone. I think also with Kenny Omega last year. Yeah, in the G1. No. The,
1: oh, the U.S. title match. U.S. title match. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: So he's done this spot where punch, Pulp Friction, 1-2, kick out. Dang it! My finisher sucks. I changed my name to you know Dolph Ziggler basically, <laughs> and uh, I was I was bummed because I was like, oh god, Jay's definitely dude. Yeah, as
1: soon as, as, as Jay, I'm like, oh, he's winning, and uh, so then uh, Juice then hits the uh, or Jay goes for the Blade Runner, yeah, and Juice counters it into a uh, schoolboy. And gets the big win.
2: Yeah, and also White had uh, hit him with like that sleeper suplex a few times.
1: He oh kept, yeah, yeah. Yep,
2: dumping him on his head. So, and he also hit uh, Jay White with a low blow. And they teased the second ref bump, and he hit him with the low blow. Yeah. So. I was just like, he's cheating. He dumped him on his head. He's going to hit the freaking sling blade. We've seen Jay White hit so the, many guys. The Blade Runner? With, I'm sorry, the, the Blade Runner. We've seen him hit so many guys with the Blade Runner this year that it just seemed like that was the outcome was coming. And I was like, freak. Like, I was so pissed. I was like... They're gonna break our hearts again. And then all of a sudden, juice scoops him up, cradles him. One, two, three.
1: Just like he said in the promo, like man. He he, I could I could roll prom. I could roll you up. He said, I can
2: roll you up, brother. I can roll yeah, you that's up. That's exactly what he did. And you know what was smart about that? A it showed the resiliency of – here's I, – I I saw people criticizing this finish, and I think they're crazy. Uh, I see people who said, why couldn't he just hit him with his finisher and get put over big – you know what I mean? Yeah. But I think that's also fans who in their mind think that Jay White's not a main event player. Right. <laughs> and they don't realize, like, they got big plans for this guy, and I think he's about to beat Okada. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So, no – He's not about to get beat with a with a pulp friction. And plus,
1: like you mentioned, it's been the story in all of Juice Robinson's big matches that he hits this combo and doesn't get the job done. So yeah. that that played into the hit the story of his matches.
2: Yep, yeah, um, I think I think the deal here was one they 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 got us again because they made us feel like he was about to win. He didn't get the win. It looked like Juice was, or Jay was about to cheat, pick it up. You know, here we go again, and then they they swerve, swerve, bro, swerve, bro. swerve. swerve. And, uh, and 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 J- Jay Juice got the got, got the crazy roll up just like he did against Elgin during the uh, during the uh, New Japan Cup this year, and just like he did against Kenny Omega during the G One last year.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I thought it was great. It's something that he's been saying. Hey, I could roll you up, brother. I could roll you up. He said it in promos dur- during the press conference and. Uh, on the Kazuna road tour and that's, ex- and it was prophetic because it's exactly what happened. And it's smart because it protects Jay. Jay's about to go into the G1. He's going to have a big G- a big G1 they- he has to still look strong. And so they, they are not going to have him, you know, eating a-, a finisher and looking up at the lights, just not going to happen, but it's an emphatic pinfall win. So it still puts over juice. Juice beat this guy clean yeah. against adversity against you know, having a broken hand against this guy cheating against everything, he was still was able to pull it out. And, um, it was such a feel good moment and it was such a smart, it was
1: awesome. Yeah. Crowd erupted, popped for the juice win and juice was like celebrating in the crowd. He like kept coming in and out of the state, the ramp,
2: (laughs) the commentary. Uh, I don't mean to, uh, hurt or, you know, (laughs) I don't mean to punish the commentary. Yeah. But, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, they had that incident and it wasn't good, but all throughout the match, man, they were bearing this match. There was one point where they were on the outside for a while, and Jay White did keep, keep uh, breaking up the pinfall, but it seemed like uh, Jim Ross hadn't caught that, and he was like, they've been out here for two minutes. Where's where's the... And he was already pissed because of what had happened earlier. Right. And he's like, it's just craziness out here. And he's letting his emotions get the better of him. And, I mean, obviously, I don't know. I've, I've never called a match at all, or especially one with a broken rib, so I could only imagine, but Again, he he buried the crap out of these guys during this match. Like he was the one. Him and Josh Barnett were killing this match. Yeah, they
1: still. I don't think they, they
2: understood like the the whole background or the history of the story. They didn't know. Oh yeah, when the match started and they were like that, they were saying that there was going to be a special rule concerning, like audibly Jim Ross was like oh here we go like he like he was like are you like it was one of those like we've seen this a million times like it's a trope you know right and I was like well Jim if you were watching the product at all you would know that Jay White or I'm sorry Juice Robinson has a broken hand and that this part of the story but you're not familiar and it's not your it's you know what My, my, my deal with it is hey if you're not familiar that's fine but you shouldn't be calling this Bring in Kevin Kelly
1: and Don Callis. and
2: Don Cows, They know what they're doing. They represent this product. I'm sorry, man. Like, you, you wanna you wanna build this thing and, and watch it grow. You put freaking Kevin Kelly in the seat. Yeah. But yeah. Let me spin, coach. <laughs> yeah. Let me spin. Put uh put booby in. Booby Miles. You ever seen that movie? No. Oh my god. Yeah. Friday Night Lights is great. Let me spin, coach. Let me spin. <laughs> But yeah, this match was great. I popped, man. And I was so, so, so happy.
1: Yeah, this was like, I feel like definitely an awesome moment. So now on to the main event of the evening, the IWGP heavyweight title match. The
2: IWGP
1: W-G-P. Uh, heavyweight
2: championship.
1: Kenny Omega, the champion, defending against the American Nightmare, Cody. Yeah. And yeah, man. How about Cody's entrance, bro? Dude, I loved it, man.
2: He looked like King Mabel. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he he's a man on a mission all right
2: yeah bro he came out with the purple attire he they had it they had him hoisted up all he had to do is like i don't know where where uh sir mo was but he needed a sir i guess that's uh, brandy no uh bernard oh bernard yeah they need to get in the ring hey, hey. <laughs> no actually they stopped doing that when they were heels yeah but yeah uh no cody's entrance was great um Kenny's entrance was great. Uh, Kenny actually wore the uh, wore the same gear that he wore during their first match.
1: That was an interesting callback. Yeah, and I thought I thought it was cool. I wasn't expecting the Young Bucks to be seconding uh, Kenny. Yeah, there was no mention of that, and boom, the Young Bucks were there. They were there
2: and I was like, oh, they're back together. The band's back together. Yeah. The elite. elite, the the elite. Break it down. <laughs> um, the elite.
1: So I will say. This was a good match, but it was not the, I don't think this was the Kenny Omega match that a lot of people were looking for. There was a lot of gimmicks and uh, smoke and mirrors, which I thought was fine, uh, but it was not what people were looking for from what I've seen.
2: Let's, let's make one thing clear, though. People are like, oh, it's not the Kenny Omega match, you know. Yeah, from the last year and a half. Mm-hmm. You ever watch Kenny in DDT? You ever watch Kenny when he first started his run with the IC title back, at, you know, after he turned on AJ? Those were gimmick, a lot of gimmick matches. This was just like his matches back then. Maybe not the same level, but I mean, go back and watch him in Tanahashi. Go back and watch him in Elgin. You know what I mean? Like, this is the, go back and watch his junior run. This is the kind of stuff he was doing. This is what Kenny likes. Yeah. Like anyone who thinks like, oh, it wasn't like the Kenny match. I understand what you're saying. It wasn't, you know, like the Okada epics. It wasn't like the Ishii epics. And Kenny has that in him. And I'm sure him and Cody could probably do that. But That's not what they wanted to do. That's not the story they were telling. And that's not what they put together as a match. This was fine. Um, I, didn't think it was, you know, a match of the year contender, but I didn't think it was a By I didn't even think it was um, just a good match. I thought it was very good.
1: Yeah, I thought it was very good, too. I mean... I got it around four and a quarter. There was a lot of innovative spots. I mean, the freaking ladder, man.
2: That Yeah, I was scared. They were, they were scaring me with that ladder. I thought.
1: Yeah, I was, mean, the crowd was yelling, please don't die. And was, that's was what I was thinking. Yes, please do not die. And freaking... Um, Cody superplexing Kenny off the top of that ladder, that man. That was a crazy bump.
2: That was a crazy bump. Um, the one bump that they did with the table where, uh, Kenny Omega, uh, power bombed Cody outside of the ring on the table. Like he was table. freaking
1: Mike Awesome.
2: Yeah, I was like, they didn't. They probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah. They probably yeah because that table didn't even break and it didn't break his fall. It actually hurt him. He. Uh, Cody really got banged up a lot in this match. There's no denying that. And yeah. and this was um you know, we've talked about this a few times on the show where I've said that I've haven't been able to go back and watch the Kenny and Cody match, but once I knew this match was coming up, I decided to rewatch it and I think you did too. Yeah. And I was overly, overly impressed with their super card of honor match. For all the Tom Fiore and all the stalling and all that stuff that I thought really dragged the match down in in my memory, I went back and watched it and I was like, no, this match ruled. It was it was as good as I thought it was the first time I saw it. Yeah, four and a half, and one of the best Kenny Omega matches of the year, and one of the best, best Cody, Cody matches. Of the year. Yeah. that match was awesome. I thought it was better than this match, but with that being said. Um, you know that's the story. The story that these guys have been telling. You know, a lot. Of, the first match, Cody was the one who controlled the pace. He was the one who controlled the tempo. They wrestled his style. I've seen people say like, "Well, they didn't wrestle Kenny Omega's style." I'm like, I watched this and I was like, I don't know. It looked like it had Kenny's handprints all over it to me. Right. This is a much more violent match than the first match they had. And I mean, how many V triggers did Cody eat? Uh,
1: I think it was like thirteen or fourteen.
2: It was a lot. Yeah. It was like thirty.
1: So you're just going to knee him in the face a bunch of 25 times.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it was like 40 V-trivers. 40 it, it was a freaking lot, man. He was killing Cody. Like, a, I think Cody wished someone was there with the white towel to throw that crap in. Because, yeah, where was Brandy? Yeah, where, was his, where was Brandon? <laughs> yeah, he was get, he was getting killed. Um, these guys went. I don't know. I, I understand that maybe the match structure was kind of weird. Or maybe people who are used to the Kenny Omega epics. They want to see him, um, you know, got there and have like these athletic Marvel technical matches. But he even said in his last promo and he said it also on the air with some of these podcasts. He was like, hey, uh, Okada. Was doing this thing, you know, he was having these epic matches. He's the best wrestler in the world I'm a better entertainer than him. I don't know that I can live up to the level of wrestling that he was doing He's he's said I'm going to bring something different to the table. I'm gonna do something different. I think this is the start of him trying to do things that are different he remember he's the one who wanted to have that ladder match with um elgin yeah yeah he's the one who just who had that that crazy brawl with chris jericho back in wrestle kingdom like was that a a a kenny omega match think about it i mean i've seen kenny omega have plenty of matches like this this seemed this seemed like it had kenny's fingerprints all over it um I'm not saying it was Kenny's best match, but I thought it was more than solid, more than solid. I I was entertained. I enjoyed it a lot. They took a lot of risk out there. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. And you know what? That crowd liked it. Yeah. That crowd had a heck of it. They were entertained. I was entertained. Uh, There were people who didn't like it. I don't know. I don't get it. Um, You know, of course, you're entitled to your opinion. You know, if you don't enjoy it, you don't enjoy it. Whatever. I'm not, you know, I'm not like, oh, you're an idiot. It's not like that. But I just, uh, I I don't know. I feel like maybe people didn't give it a fair shake because I feel like it was a really good match. Yeah,
1: it was a good match.
2: It's not like, you know, I mean, it wasn't seven stars, I guess. Whatever that means. <laughs> but um, it, was, it was great. And ultimately, Kenny went over. One winged angel. One, two, three for the win. Um, you know, Cody got humbled. Cody got defeated. And... You know that brought us basically to where they were fighting for the uh, leadership of the bull club. Mm -hmm. I I assume now that means that Kenny is again the leader, right? And then um, you know we got the post match.
1: Yeah, he cut a promo saying, um, "You know, being the champion, you see more people trying to knock you down, but we we all deserve a second chance." And he put over Corey's performance um, and just you know kind of put a positive message. Goodbye, good night, bang. Um, the elite they go on the stage to celebrate. Next thing you know, you see uh, Tama Tonga, Tango Loa, and King Haku come out and are celebrating with them. And you think, oh, you know, it's a normal bull club ending. And then and, you know you were like, you know, ready to like jump out the door, like well, go to go to. I, you.
2: I was trying to watch Stipe Miocic against uh, against um you know, uh, what's his face?
1: Yeah, and I was like, man. You know, what's me, his name? Um, DC.
2: Yeah, Dan uh, Cormier.
1: And, uh, you know, Richard and I were like, I don't know, man. I think there's got to be something coming. I was like, and you're like, what could they do? And then I was like, what if Tama jumps them? And then mm-hmm. literally right after I said that, they jumped them, boys. Jump zone. And they beat the crap out of Kenny and the Young Bucks. And... Next thing you know, um, yeah, Tammo rips his shirt off to reveal the firing squad bullet club shirt. Uh, so they lay out Omega a mega for double team Powerbomb, They beat down the Bucks. Uh, Hangman Page tries to make the save, but he gets taken out. Marty's girl comes with the umbrella, tries to make the save, he gets taken out. Uh, Chase Owens and Takahashi come, and they're trying to like you know hold you know make peace, but. They get taken out Um, Tonga gets a chair um, And he's uh, uh, Cody Then Cody comes out And uh, Cody acts like he's gonna hit Omega with the chair And he hits uh, Tango Loa um, But then um, He eats a gun stun from Tango Tonga Haku pile drives him And the firing squad
2: laid out bullet club elite. Yeah. And, you know, I thought it was interesting that like, uh, you know, chase and Ujiro were the last two guys who came in and they've, they've kind of been aligned with the original, you know, bullet club guys and all the Tongans and they took them out too. Yeah. Which I thought was very, very telling. And I, I didn't actually expect that. Um, this was excellent. This was done so 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 well. Uh, I wasn't expecting it at all. I was expecting, however, for there to be, you know, people were hypothesizing and saying that essentially, you know, we were going to get the Bullet Club splitting off from the Golden Elite, which I would have assumed would involve Kenny. Or I'm sorry, Cody and all the rest of the Bullet Club guys going kind of going going against the the you know the Golden Elite, but. That's not really the way it ended up working out. Right. So the split we got, we got the Bullet Club Elite and we have the Firing Squad. And, you know, the Firing Squad shirt still says BC on it. Right. Really interesting thing. Like, right. like they are still claiming the Bullet Club name.
1: Right. I so it's, it's almost like some NWO stuff. You have NWO Black and White and NWO Wolfpack. So you got the Bullet Club Elite and even Firing more, Squad. Even more
2: telling, there's a few guys who were absent on this night. Uh, you know... Uh, Bad Luck Fale was not present neither was the Bone Soldier uh,
1: Taiji Ishimori Taiji
2: Ishimori those are two you know bull Club guys who many people hypothesize are probably going to fall more on the side of the uh, of the Tongans in the firing squad because you know obviously Foley's is related to them he's cousins with them and right. he, you know he is from New Zealand but I think he's a Tongan as well Right. and then um, Ishi- uh, Ishimori was brought, Tama brought in Ishimori yeah so I'm not sure how that's going to work out. But uh with that being said, like this was shocking, man. And it's been building for a long time. Um if you think back to the stuff with Tamatanga and uh and you know the, the elite going back in December, we were talking about how he was pissed about the the one sweet stuff, the two sweet. He's had things to say on his
1: I mean, you remember the rampage he went on G1 last year.
2: Yep, yep. So um you know, I'm not surprised we've been waiting for this. I'm, I'm excited for it because I'm a big supporter and fan of Tamatanga. And I think I've been waiting for him to, to kind of step out and be like the guy. And, um, yeah, uh, they're doing it. They're doing it. Um, this was this was great yeah and Haku was just all over oh <laughs> uh, yeah of dude guys. man Haku got his got his money's worth for that payday they were, they were bumping the crap out bumping all over the place for Haku yeah so I'm like wow um, I wouldn't be surprised to see you know the um what what what's what is it called when it the, when it's the villain and uh, the young bucks Uh, the supervillains I wouldn't be surprised to get a supervillains versus the Tongans versus the firing squad yeah and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see the the firing squad take that belt off them. Yeah, that would be cool. Um, yeah, this was crazy. This was really, really. And then, um, did did you mention about how like Cody? They did the tease where it seemed like was Cody gonna join yeah, up with them.
1: Yeah, he came out. Yeah, he had the chair. He was gonna join with them, but then that he,
2: was that was another moment where I was like, "What is gonna What's gonna happen here?" I don't really know. Yeah. And then um, after they left from the beatdown, and you know they they the Tongan stood tall, and you know they had a here's the thing I liked about it they had a shirt made in advance. This was definitely premeditated. This premeditated, yeah. This premeditated because they had they had merch ready to go. <laughs> I don't think it mattered who won this match because they they had merch ready to go.
1: Right. So whether yeah, whether Cody or Kenny won, they were coming out to.
2: I think the burning question everyone's wondering is where's Juicy Gino Gambino gonna fall when all this? Wh- which side of the line oh, is- he's on the firing squad. <laughs> Bad Luck Falla is the one that brought him in. Jeremy. He's not part of the Bullet Club,
1: <laughs> dude. I I saw the video. Bad Luck Falla
2: gave that man a shirt. Where uh, where's Stephen Amell gonna fall on on? on... Oh, Bullet Club <laughs> Bullet Club Elite. I'm being facetious. You're like giving me real answers. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, but um yeah, at the end of the night, uh, Cody and Kenny reconciled.
1: Yeah, they hugged and um the Bullet Club Elite.
2: Uh, Celebrated on stage. They've been teasing this for a while. Like the uh, like, I I don't know if you remember me saying that during the press conference. There seemed to be almost no animosity really between Kenny and Cody. Yeah. And then you know with back at Dominion when he started to come out and on be, like on being the elite, he was telling Hangman, hey, "This is Kenny's night." And then he, he almost came back and apologized, but then he couldn't do it. Right. And so I was definitely expecting with you know going back to February. And all the stuff with Bushi and Kenny and Cody, that we we're gonna see an implosion. But I think there's too much money in the brand and too much money in what they're doing that they can't really do that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, Cody doesn't wanna lose that Bull Club money. Right, yeah. Cody's like, not nah, either. Like, Yo, you want me to leave it I'll, either? I'll, I'll stay in. I'll, I'll stay in. <laughs> um, so I don't know what this means, really. And we'll talk. I we The new Being the Elite came out, so we'll talk more about that, you know, with, with the news. But um, great card. Great show! Before we move on, what were your final like thoughts on on this overall?
1: Overall, I thought it was a great card. I thought it was a better overall show than Strong Style Evolved. I do too. Um, uh, great show. I mean, all the title matches really delivered for the most part. that those bottles, last few title matches.
2: I think how when people when they left Strong Style Evolved and people were hypothesizing how you know the the excitement level was maybe a little bit down and it might not carry the momentum over for the next you know a a future show suddenly after this show how great it was and how well booked it was and everything suddenly i think the momentum's back yeah going you know for the september show so um well done really really good night i mean how can you complain when you've got you know four matches that are you know above four stars two of them that are both you know maybe in talks for match of the year like you can't Great, great uh, and and a night that's going to live in infamy. I mean, King Haku made his return. Josh Barnett made his return. Um, you know, Hiromu was injured. This is a crazy. There's a lot of like memorable. You know, for the better or the worse. There's a lot of different things that happen. So, yeah, good stuff. G1 special in San Francisco, baby. I can't wait for G1 special in uh, Tampa.
1: Yeah, I know, right? That'll be <laughs> awesome. All right, so now. We got the G1 Climax 28 coming up. The first night is this Saturday, July 14th. So let's talk about some of these matches real quick for the first uh, three nights, the 14th, the 15th, and the 16th. So, July 14th is A block. We have Togi Makibe against Yoshihashi, Bad Luck Fale against Hangman Page, Michael Elgin against Evil, Hiroshi Tanahashi against Minoru Suzuki, and Kazuchika Okada against Jay White in the main event.
2: So, by the time our next recording comes up, how many nights are going to have passed?
1: Uh, three, I believe. These first three. Oh wow! So we our next episode is the seventeenth. So yeah, all three of these nights will have happened.
2: Wow, man! So yeah, you're gonna have to scoot that over here so I can see that as well. Okay, um, so we're looking at um, are these your is this your pickem? This
1: is this is the voices of wrestling um,
2: spreadsheet thing. Did you already do your predictions? I started going through it. Oh my goodness! <laughs> All right, cool. So on night one, so like you said, to- so you want to just run through the nights real quick? Yeah, cool. So Togi Makabe and Yoshihashi. What are your thoughts there? Uh, what a what a way to start off the G one <laughs> climax. Oh my right, goodness! Yeah, uh,
1: I went. I think in the Yoshi and my predictions are not completely final. I still have to go back through and readjust everything based on points and stuff. But I have Yoshihashi. Um, beating Makabe here
2: Oh dude I'm getting like a, a knot in my stomach Thinking about predictions Cause I'm like Ooh it's too early Like I haven't even <laughs> I haven't even started To think about it um, But yeah uh, Togi Makabe Yoshihashi I could see that I yeah, could see I that I feel
1: Makabe He's gonna be a Definitely one of the Fall guys In the A block
2: He'll, he'll win some matches. He, he's he's going to win some matches, but... He, yeah, he's going to... But uh, Yoshihashi, I think that's probably the way to go with the way yeah. they book in this company. Plus, I mean, yeah, so I, I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you there, Yoshihashi.
1: Then uh, Bad Luck Fale and Hangman Page. Oof. This is a tough one. Is this
2: night going to be good? These are... I don't know. Like <laughs> Makabe and Yoshihashi is not really doing it for me. And then yeah. Fale and Hangman Page. Now, the only thing with Hangman and Fale is... uh. You know the bull club stuff. Yeah, we got a
1: firing squad against bull club elite here. Right off the first night. Yeah. So wow. Um, psh, uh I don't know. Right now, I'm, fallet, I'm, I'm, I might change it. You might, you might convince me to change it. But right now, I'm, I'm leaning towards Hangman Page.
2: I don't need to convince anybody to do anything after how terribly I got everyone <laughs> to, you know, with. That best of the super genius yeah. tobacco. Look, look, my picks are not final right now,
1: but I'm leaning towards Hangman Page right now.
2: Fale is a bruiser. He's a killer. He does really well in G ones. I does know. Well, in the G one, he is going to come in there so heated up and so fired up because of everything that's going on with the Bullet Club Civil War, which mm. is a never. That's the the feud that will never end. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Fale, Fale is hitting with the bad luck fall. One, two, three. Night one. Uh, and then Michael Elgin Evil. Oh man, that will be that 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 could be really good or really bad. Yeah. I'm hoping it's a strong style match. Me too. Me too. I mean and, that, that has all the potential in the world to be a great match. And I think uh everything will be able that night. This is a this is a match that could go either way. These guys have a lot of room to go. This is it doesn't matter at what point you put this match in the tournament because it's a pick em match either way. Because both guys, I think both guys will have similar uh, points by the end of it. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll go Elgin on
1: that one. All right. And then uh, we got Hiroshi Tanahashi oh, against oh, Minoru Suzuki. Oh! The rematch from yes. the IC title. This is going to be great. And um, I'm going with the ace here. He's going to get that win back from being humiliated by uh, Suzuki. So yeah, go ace.
2: Man, I am torn here. Wow. Um, you don't think Suzuki could win with like interference? He could, Suzuki but
1: but Tana wants that win shenanigans. back. Tana needs to get that win back.
2: That's true, but I'm also thinking to myself, like, wow, well what if uh what if Tanahashi like loses and then still has something to come back for later? Yeah. Um I'm going I'm to go Suzuki. I'm going to go okay. Suzuki.
1: Then the main event, Okada against Jay White. I think we're both in agreement that
2: Jay White is going to pull the upset here and beat Okada. Um. Yeah, I'm, I'm taking Jay White. Yeah. I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people going to be mad after that if that happens.
1: So, uh, next up, uh, June 15th is B Block Night first we have tomohiro ishii against toro Yanu.
2: yes um so i'm gonna go (laughs) um i don't want i don't want
1: toro Yanu to beat ishii i'm going yano man i feel like yano's gonna get the upset on his buddy here
2: no i'm not going against ishii i got ishii okay
1: uh, and then we have the new U.S. champ, Juice Robinson, taking on the now leader of the firing squad, Tamatonga.
2: Ooh, this is, gonna be, bro. Suddenly, is going to be—bro, suddenly Tamatonga's stock has gone way up, yeah, way up. And I got Tamatonga with the somewhat of an upset.
1: Yeah, I got Tamatonga as well.
2: That's going to be good, though.
1: Yeah. That's going to be good. Then we got Hiroki Goto against Sonata. Uh, I'm going with uh, Goto right here.
2: No, I'm going Sonata. Okay. I got Sonata, and I think that's... Uh, Sonata going for a Never title makes a lot of sense to me. Mm. That's a good call. Hmm. Then we got Kota Ibushi against Zack
1: Sabre Jr., the submission master. Um... I'm going with Kota Abushi here cuz Saber got the last win, right? In the New Japan Cup. Yeah. yeah so
2: yeah, Abushi's going to get that win back. I agree only because I see Abushi. I think both guys will have fantastic tournaments, but um you know what? No. No, 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 no. I'm I'm I take it back. I think Abushi's going to have a great tournament and maybe even win the block, but I'm going Zack Sabre Jr. Mm, so you're saying Saber is Kryptonite? And in, in this, at this point, I think, yeah. yeah. I think makes, Didn't Sabre beat him in the G1 last year? No. Oh, it's Ibushi one. Ibushi beat him with uh, the uh, the last ride. That's right.
1: And then Sabre got the win back in the New Japan Cup. So this is a rubber match. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and then the main event, Naito against Kenny Omega. I'm going with Naito with the big upset to set up a future title match.
2: I've got Naito as well. And I the way I've... Got it booked. You know, it's a Golden Lovers double loss on that night. Mm. And then uh, July 6th... Also, let's not be coy here. Naito versus Kenny Omega for the past two years has been... Has been fire. Probably the best match of the tournament in both tournaments. And... Um, you know, match of the year contenders both years. So um, yeah, for everyone that's been talking about Naito's year and you know how losing to Jericho hurt him so badly, just wait. He's gonna he's gonna defeat your boy. He's gonna defeat Kenny Omega, the best bout machine in one of his best bouts of the year. He's yeah. gonna he's gonna beat Kenny Omega clean and it's gonna set up a future title shot, and Naito's right back where he was. Mm-hmm. Suck it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> then
2: we have July
1: sixteenth. A block. Yoshihashi against Evil.
2: Yeah, um, I'm gonna go Evil there. You gotta go Evil. Plus, he's gonna lose to Michael Elgin the night before. So, well, I got I got Evil with the back to back
1: wins. Everything is Evil. Um, Michael Elgin against Hangman Page. I'm
2: gonna go Hangman.
1: Okay. I'm going with Elgin on this one.
2: That makes a lot of sense. I think Hangman should probably lose everything, but... Uh, <laughs> seriously. Yeah. Look at... Um, if we're just looking at this block, like... Out of all the guys that are there... There's not a lot of guys in this block that I could really see Hangman Page beating. Maybe Yoshihashi? Makabe? Maybe. Jay White? No. Probably not. Maybe. But, yeah, uh, Uh, I'm going to go Elgin. Did I say Hangman? Yeah, you said Hangman at first. I'm going to take it back. I'm going to go Elgin.
1: (laughs) Big Mike. All right, next up, Okada against Bad Luck Fale. I'm I'm going to go Okada. Yeah, I'm going Okada here also. Uh, Togi Makabe against Minoru Suzuki. I'm going Suzuki. Suzuki. He's going to kill Makabe again. (laughs)
2: Before we move on, I want to go back. Fale has... A big history of giving trouble to Okada. Okada, yeah. If he beats Okada, I won't
1: be surprised. Yeah, I won't be surprised either. Um, And then the main event, Tanahashi against Jay White. Um, I think uh, Tanahashi is going to beat Jay White. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be... well. no,
2: he already beat him. No, Jay White. Jay White's getting getting the win. You
1: think Jay White's going to beat Okada and Tanahashi back-to-back? Yeah. Wow. You're hearing it here first, ladies and gentlemen Yeah Yep, I do Wow Yep So yeah, those are going to be the first three nights
2: Are we going to do like a proper G1 like a uh, preview Or we're just going right into it next week, I guess
1: Yeah, I mean next week the, these shows are going to be happening Alright I mean we kind of did a preview a couple weeks ago um, But yeah, I mean next week these things are going to be happening These shows are going to already have happened
2: so where what are we where are we going next we going so, into the news
1: Yeah, going into the news.
2: All right, cool. So um the strong style evolved UK shows just took place. We watched those. We're not going to do a full review, obviously. But, yeah, we um, we
1: gave the results of the matches last, on last week's show.
2: But what were your thoughts with you know with these shows and you know what were your impressions? What matches stuck out to you? You know what performers were impressive to you? What were you know with the changing landscape in the UK? What what were your thoughts here?
1: Uh, overall, I thought they were both nights were both good nights. Um, I mean, Walter is a guy that always stands out to me every time I see him. Me too. I love the Walter Yuji Nagata match. Um, love that match. It was very hard hitting, and I think it was a perfect matchup there. Um, and him crushing uh, Yujiro Takahashi the next night
2: was great as well. That was a really good match. Yeah. I mean, for what it was, I I really I enjoyed the heck out of it. Plus, Yujiro yeah. with those two girls. Oof. Oh my uh, gosh. Oh
1: my. Oh my. Oh my god. Um. I was also impressed by Kyle Fletcher, of Aussie Open. He's, yeah. he's only 19 years old. That guy has a bright future ahead of him. I um, mean, and then obviously the main highlights were, you know, Ishii and Okada against Sabre and uh, Suzuki, the British tag title match. That was a very. Awesome tag match, and then the follow up the next night, the one on one with Okada and Saber was very good, with Saber getting the big win there. And then um, the main event, Suzuki and Ishii for the title was another awesome, hard
2: hitting match. That was the match uh, of
1: the of the tour for me. Yeah, both nights that was the match of the night, a match of the tour. Um, Suzuki is your new. Undisputed British heavyweight champion. They, He's over
2: like Rover over there, dude. Yeah, they set, like they my set God. up
1: an angle with um, Walter. He big booted um, Ishii after that show. So August, I believe it's August seventeenth. We're gonna get Walter against Ishii, and then I'm assuming that um, Walter is gonna beat Ishii, and we're gonna get a Walter. Minoru Suzuki match for the undisputed British title sometime in the future.
2: Yeah, man. Uh, What did you think about David Starr?
1: Uh, And this is gonna be a hot take, probably for a lot of people, but I really don't care for David Starr. Yeah. Um. You know, actually, the first time I really saw him in action was WrestleMania weekend. I thought he was all right, and then I've seen him here, and he's he's just fine. Um. I mean, to me, he's just a guy. And he came off... That's what he came off to me.
2: I like his entrance. Yeah, the promo. With the promo, with all that. But as far as his... In- and his in-ring work is solid, but there's nothing that really, like, sticks out to me. Yeah. I like literally nothing.
1: Um, I did like uh, El Fantasmo. A lot He's, of
2: people said the same.
1: He was in that that, that four-way uh, Cruiserweight title match. He was... You know, he. I liked his performance. Uh, Ishimori was also good in that match. What were your
2: thoughts about... Um, uh, the dominator, the great Okarn, the great Okarn. Now that we've seen the actual work and um, we've seen this, you know, uh,
1: Killer Khan gimmick, I, I kind of have mixed feelings about it. Um, I think. Okay. he looks very comfortable in the gimmick I will say that it seems like he really like it's something he's really like biting into yeah. and enjoying and I think he pulls it off well you know I don't want this to be his gimmick full time which I don't think it will be I
2: literally don't think there's any possible way that this could be a gimmick in Japan so I don't think that that, that is the point of it whatsoever right. I, I don't even think that this is a long excursion from what it sounds like it sounds like he'll be there for a matter of months Yeah, more so than anything else. Um, or at least that's what the rumor is, or that's what they're saying. Right. Um, I think it'll be a short-lived, like, you know, excursion gimmick. There are guys, like, look at Okada. Okada had that gimmick in The Okado. Yeah, the Tempura boys before they were Roppongi 3K. Yeah. Lots of guys, you know, go... I mean, there are guys, like, for instance, um, you know, um, Sammy Lee, uh, which Sammy Lee was... Uh, tiger mask when he was in, in, uh, in, uh, London or, you know, in the UK, mm. um, same thing with, um, freaking Liger when Liger was in the UK, he had his own, he had a different gimmick as well. I forget, I forget what his name was, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of guys have done that sort of thing. So I think that this. Is teaching them character work, yeah, how to play to a crowd, yeah. Um, you know, I, 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 think, I think that's all it is. I think it's just a learning experience. I think people that are like, being like, oh, this is so 1980s and yada. I, I'm like, oh, you know, at least they got him on the card. Yeah, lots of I've seen lots of guys go on an excursion and use him. Yeah, so, um, yeah. Uh, this feel like a New Japan card
1: to you, or felt like a rip-rope card to you? What, what'd you yeah, it felt like a New Japan show to me. There was a lot more... With,
2: with, with like, Rev Pro production.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of New Japan guys. I mean... I'll yeah.
2: tell you, man, we got matches on this that we've never gotten with, like, say, even, like, the Ring of Honor and New Japan combined shows. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, Suzuki and I Shiki. felt like they did a better job putting top guys
1: against top guys and just making even like the nagata and walter match like
2: obviously, awesome.
1: obviously nagata's you know not winning the iwgp title anytime soon but that was still a, a really good matchup that they made
2: yeah the, speaking of walter if you guys um want to check out ch- cheap shameless plug you guys should check out um the latest episode of grown men watch this shit uh <laughs> Our good friends from the UK, uh, well, our good friend from the UK, Chris Bryan, as well as his ho- uh, co-host, uh, Jeremy Tate. I thought he's from Australia. Is Jeremy Tate from Australia? I don't... No, know. Chris Bryan. What did I say? He said UK. Why, why would I say that? I'm just tired. <laughs> from Australia. My bad. Sorry, Chris. Think, about, think about Ricky and Claude. I don't know. I'm just tired. I don't, well, we're talking about the UK, so that's yeah. why. Um, they recorded their show this past week, and they recorded uh, with the great... Pierre called Carl Ouellet PCO, and he talked quite a bit on the show about the match he had with Walter, his experience with him in WXW. Uh, definitely check out that show. I mean, these guys—they've—they've they've had. Uh, Jonah Rock on their show now now PCO like I don't know who who's next they're about to have Joey Janelle I bet dude, <laughs> Some crap yeah know? that'd be Great awesome Sasuke, who knows <laughs> um, but yeah definitely check that out but yeah that was kind of eye opening them talking about Walter and Walter is a guy that I'm just like please come to New Japan please yes. please yeah we'll put the IWGP title on you just come <laughs> but um how about Zack Sabre beating Okada, man?
1: Dude, that was a uh, big surprise, man. I mean, obviously, I saw the, saw the results before I watched the match. But just even when I read the results, I was like, what? Sabre beat Okada? Yeah, he pinned him in one of those um, like bridging roll-up gimmicks that he always does. Yeah. Um, and
2: I liked the match a lot. I yeah. liked it a lot. I, I didn't think it was as good, necessarily, as their match from... Uh, Sakura Genesis this past year but I I really dug I thought it was great yeah great match so I mean any final thoughts overall I
1: mean I highly recommend watching both nights they're both up on New Japan World English commentary with uh, Kevin Kelly and I forget the uh, British gentleman's name that was doing it with him but I, I thought they played off very good together and it was overall you
2: know great show these shows or the uh, UK tournament shows from from the network. Ooh,
1: I don't know. They they both had stuff I liked. Battle lines are drawn,
2: man. Yeah, we live in a we live in a new dichotomy, man. You're either with us or you're against us. <laughs> Can't uh, we all just get along? Um, we ready to get into some other news? Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, Earlier this week, uh, with the G1 climax coming up, uh, New Japan just released a bunch of new uh, product. Um, it, it's on their new section of their website. You definitely want to check out. They got some awesome shirts, man. Uh, this stuff, I'm like, why? Why didn't they have this in? Uh, Daytona the other week when we were yeah. there I would have definitely picked up some of these shirts but yeah check it out they got all kinds of new new shirts I know we've said that in the past but these I saw them today they're awesome so yeah. definitely want to check that out um, also the video game that we mentioned the other week that was uh, the official sponsor for the g1 special in San Francisco that's called dream girl girl bang bang, bang something really weird name um, they just did a commercial with Kenny Omega so he's in another Video game. This is the third video game commercial. I mean, this guy.
1: Kenny like, did say he's going to start doing more commercials, and he
2: wasn't lying. <laughs> well, he's the face of video games, so yeah. That should be dropping soon. Um, in other New Japan related news, the king of pro wrestling mobile game just dropped. So I know last week we talked about a beta version that came out. Yeah. The official version has dropped. Yeah, it's
1: free. I actually I downloaded it. What'd you and, think? Um, Have you played it? I played it, but I I don't know, man. You don't was, get it? I wasn't I wasn't feeling it.
2: A lot of people are saying that. Yeah. Apparently, it's the same game that they dropped a few years ago, but yeah. just with English uh, updated characters and then yeah. English translation. A lot of people are saying it's hard to play, though. Yeah, it is hard to play. And, like, first of all, it takes forever.
1: Like, once you download it, like, it, it opens up and, like, it downloads all this data. And like, I heard it's, it's a big It takes thought. forever. And then, yeah, play, it was hard to play. And, yeah, I wasn't feeling it. Like, I wanted to play, like, it's... New Japan wrestlers you have to see you start off being like a young boy mm. but it's yeah it's hard to play
2: well um, lat- earlier this week uh, Uncle Dave Dave Melter, was able to record uh, interviews with uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi Cody as well as Juice Robinson and Jay White um, the Tanah- are all, all those episodes are up now yeah all those episodes are up on
1: the Wrestling Observer website I listened to actually I listened to all those today actually um you said they're good listens, right? Yeah, definitely good listens. Um, Tanahashi one's good. A lot of stuff he's saying in there, talking about wanting to be the uh, the rock of Japan with uh, doing movies. And um, just some interesting stuff he put over the Young Boys and um, put over Kenny Omega. It was a good interview from Tanahashi and then just good stuff from Cody and Jay White and Juice. I highly recommend you check them out.
2: Um, Naito versus Kenny Omega from the G1 Climax B Block Finals uh, from G1 Climax 26 is the free match of the week that was the first meeting between those guys in the G1 uh, two years ago that was many publications match of the year for 2016 definitely want to check that out it's free trust me if you you know there's a lot of our uh, listeners who are like how do I get into the G1 it's my first time watching it
1: watch Watch that that match. match
2: yeah yep um, Tanahashi also had an incredible challenge this past week as he took on the junior, the former junior ace Kushida in a Fire Pro Wrestling challenge. Yeah, so Kushida
1: is like the Fire Pro Wrestling champion, and Tanahashi was challenging. And uh, I watched this video, and it was a, uh, it felt pretty epic for a uh, video game title match. Uh, but in the end, the heavyweight ace defeated the junior ace. <laughs> Uh, Tanahashi beat Kushida in the Fire Pro game Beat him with the uh, young boy Boston Crab And now Tanahashi is your new Fire Pro Champion
2: Yeah, so That was pretty cool Um also, I don't know. Did you see the video um, earlier this week of uh, Hiromu Takahashi on the beach? I didn't see it, but you told me about it. <laughs> so there was a, uh, if you go to uh, his Twitter, he's got a whole like family video basically of him on the beach with uh, Belto-san, Trophy-san, and <laughs> Daryl Jr. And It's like a family vacation and it is just Freaking hilarious. Wow. Um, so, yeah, if you get a chance, definitely go on to Twitter. Check that out. Um, there was also um, this past week. Um, so from their time when they were out in the uh, the UK, there was um, a documentary that came out with Suzuki and, um, you know, kind of following him around in his time in the UK. And uh, they, they basically just dropped that. So if you, you get a chance, that's on New Japan World, check out the uh, the documentary that has Minoru Suzuki on there. Um, also, speaking of Hiromu, so, you know, this kind of goes into, um, you know, talking about – you know, obviously we know what just happened with him and his incident. He had some st- statements, uh, Chris Charlton on his Twitter, uh, basically posted where he was asked about the importance of foreign excursions. And um, he said, it, it wasn't Mexico that made the Hiromu Taha- Takahashi of today. So much as changed him back. The guy you see now is really me as a child. When I joined New Japan, I felt a strong pressure to fit in. I felt the need to behave like a young lion, like one of the group, even to be behaving like someone in their third year in the business but going to Mexico reset that it wasn't about fitting in, but starting from zero, not wrestling like a young lion, but going back mentally to wanting to become a wrestler in the seventh grade and basing everything off that Mexico is a chance to retake my childhood. Mm. So some uh, heartfelt sentiments from him. He also talked. Um, I saw some statements earlier where they're asking him about, you know um, the style of wrestling that he does and how dangerous it was. And he was saying, you know, basically, you know, what's, what's dangerous. Everything that we do is dangerous. He was like, you know um, if you get hit with the forearm, for a regular person who gets hit with a forearm, they're done. He's like, but we, we, we take them and eat them up all day. And no one acts like that. So dangerous. They, they talk about the big jumps and the big falls. He's like, everything we do is dangerous. He's like every move that you do could be your last move. Yeah. So that was, I thought that was interesting. Um, also we have uh so uh, you might have noticed that Kodo Bushi wasn't on these on this show. He didn't second Kenny Omega. Uh, many people are kind of wondering where he's going to fit in with the whole new uh, Bullet Club kind of storyline. I think we kind of know where the whole Golden Lover thing is going. Yeah. Spoiler alert. <laughs> uh, but um, Chris Charlton also uh, tweeted out that uh, earlier this week that he was battling the flu that he was sick and that he was trying to recover This the second bout of the flu that K- uh, Kotobushi's had this year. And he's promising that he will be in tip-top shape by the time the uh, G1 comes up. So we hope he has a speedy recovery. Um, also, in Ibushi-related news, there was uh, a statement where someone asked him, you know kind of about the golden lovers and like what, where, you know, where he stands with them. And he said, it's a real life anime. Um, your name, our hearts move the same way together. I guess everybody wants to say that we're a couple. And then he laughed. I don't know whether it's as simplest to express that, but we're two people that share one heart. That's what I want to say. So take, the, whatever, take that for whatever.
1: Yeah. Whatever you want to you
2: think that means. Um, that, that's going to cover most of the New Japan-related news. Um, you know, a couple of different U.S. expansion-based uh, things. So we already kind of did the announcement of the upcoming U.S. shows. Do you think it's too soon for them to come back in September, considering All In is, you know, j- earlier in the month? Personally,
1: I think it is too soon. Uh, if I, personally, if I were them, I wouldn't come back for the rest of the year. But I understand they're trying to do more shows in the U.S., and they are back at the Walter Pyramid, which they've sold out very quickly. And we've kind of see that there's a, you know, a, a group of probably about like three thousand fans that are there already there in that area that will buy New Japan shows. So the, the show is probably going to sell out. So yeah, yeah.
2: Um, did you see Mark Cuban had an interview again with Sports Illustrated concerning the uh, U.S. expansion? Yeah, real. I checked that out. Really good stuff. He was talking about how going into the next year, they're going to have even more specials Take that for what that means, whatever that means to you. Um, You know, and that he's very proud of what they're doing and you know, that he thinks they have the best wrestling in the world. So Mark Cuban, you know uh sees value in this product and it's they're doing big business and he's investing in it so yeah really good stuff there um in news outside of new japan so if you watched this past week you would have noticed that cody rhodes was no longer blonde right he's back to the dark brown hair apparently
1: it's for the project that he's going to be working on that's keeping him out of the g1 the slimmer
2: Yeah, so, um, you know, he's going to be on television. Uh, He was offered a role and they said basically no to the blonde. So, that's what's going on with that. Um, Also, since Cody last week did not win the NWA title, on the most recent episode of, uh, what's the NWA Ten pounds of gold. Ten pounds of gold. Nick Aldis basically said that he wanted to renegotiate the match with Cody. Which we've all been kind of dreading, if we're being honest. I don't really want to see Cody and Nick Aldis at all. Yeah. Um, but this earlier today, the, uh, a new episode of 10 Pounds of Gold came out. And looky, looky, guess who the next challenger for Nick Aldis is going to be? Flip. 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 <laughs> flip. Flip, Gordon. So is my theory coming true? Yes. Flip's going to beat this bum. And we're going to get... You know what's funny? Is, like, I've seen like people like... Uh, like um, what's it called from Wrestling Observer? Like, uh, oh man, what's what's Brian Alvarez? I've seen like Brian Alvarez and different people. So I'm not the only one who's had this theory, but I had that theory way like, before anybody. Like as soon as everything popped off, yeah. I'm just saying. Like, just yeah, saying. So
1: Flip's gonna beat that bum, and we're gonna get Flip versus Cody at all. In and-
2: I don't know if that's what's gonna happen, but Cody did tweet in regard res- response to this, and he said, "Are you Are freaking you kidding me? Yeah." <laughs> Um, uh, speaking of Cody, he will be taking time off until all-in. Some people say it's because of a television... Uh, well, you know, that's what... You know, he, I, I saw that he's taking time off
1: until all-in, but then he's on. Uh, he's advertised for a Ring of Honor show uh, July 20th. He may...
2: I mean, we don't know. I mean, he may be working, like, limited dates or something of right. that nature, but I, I think, like... He- Well, we know we've heard rumors that he's had issues with his back. Yeah. Going back for months now. And, you know, that was a really physical match he had with Kenny Omega. I wouldn't be surprised if he does need to take some time off um, and kind of focus on projects he has. Of course, card
1: subject to change, but I just saw an advertisement today with him against uh, TKO Ryan, I think, for July 20th.
2: Okay.
1: I think it's the same night that Flips challenging Nick Aldis.
2: That would make sense. It's on the yeah the honor for all card. Also, Cody was uh, uh, asked about doing all in two, and he said that they've already been approached about doing all in two. Hmm. Did I see that all in was going to be on fight TV? Um,
1: there, well, Cody, well, Meltzer asked Cody about it, and uh, Cody was like, you know, we are looking at traditional ways, we're looking at pay per view, we're looking at fight TV. He's like, I can't say anything official yet, but we are looking at all those options. Huh. So it's not, it's not official yet. He said probably Tuesday they might be
2: some more information about that. Speaking of all in, so we've got some news. So SCU, 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 <laughs> uh, SCU is all in. So I, I, guess they're gonna be having a trios match. I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking them against. Um, Stephen Amell and a partner, two partners of his choosing. Okay. Since, since uh, Daniels tried to um, frame Stephen Amell.
2: Oh. You guys can't see, but we're both pointing to our foreheads. You gotta be thinking, man. Yeah. You wow. Gotta, you gotta watch the product. Also, uh, Diana Parazu is all out. She's a terrible girlfriend. Yeah. If you didn't, huh.
1: if you didn't know, she's the girlfriend to the villain Marty's girl. I would and, I would dump her if I was
2: Marty, <laughs> and then I would send her my way. <laughs> <laughs> for Diana, I risk it all I risk it all <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. and uh, we have our first official uh, announced match for All In Marty, the, the villain, Marty Skrull taking on the Rainmaker Kazushika Okada
1: I'm just excited that I'm gonna get to see Okada live in a one-on-one match
2: I, um I'm not that excited about this match. I know you and a
1: lot of people are kind of down on this match.
2: I'm not down on the match. That has nothing. I think I have different reasons. I feel like than I'm different. Different. No. Um. I think a lot of people are down on it, and I think it has more so from what I've heard. There's, you know, there's people who don't like Marty Skrull. I'm not one of them. I think this match could be great. Here's my thing. This is my thinking. This is a super card. In a way, this is kind of a match we wouldn't normally get because it is a junior taking on a heavyweight. So, yeah, I get that. But I'm like, dude, you got Rey Mysterio. You got... Pentagon, You got Phoenix. You got Kenny Omega, Kota Bushi, um, you know, all Joey Janela. Like, I don't care. Like, give me something weird, dude, you know? Yeah. Give me, like, these matches that I can – like, literally, I I've, I saw people that were like, Penta- oh, Pentagon versus Okada. They're not going to do that logistically. And I'm like, it, well, it's not? their card. They can right. do whatever the crap they want to do. Give me freaking Pentagon against uh, Okada. That would be so. We're never gonna see it. Give me a match that I can't possibly. But what see. if? But what if
1: New Japan did did limit who Okada could wrestle?
2: Probably. What if they're like, yeah, he can be on your card, but they probably did, man. He has to wrestle a New Japan guy. Yeah, I don't want to be overly critical. It's just you know, I just got so excited. Like, I already feel kind of bamboozled because they got they got my money, kid, <laughs> and now. Um, you know, we don't know any of the card, and I'm, I'm just hoping, like, I'm hoping that when it all shakes out with the type of talent they have, that this ends up being, like, an incredible, incredible card. Right now, I'm, I'm not sure how it's going to shake out, so I'm nervous about it. That's all. But, um, yeah, we're getting Skrull and Okada, and uh, I think that will be a great match. Yeah, I think it's
1: going to be a great match. I mean, I'm excited to see Okada singles match live. I think all in, I think it's going to be a great show.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, other news having to do with the all-in guys. So we got new Golden Elite t-shirts. Uh, you could see Matt and Nick Jackson sporting those um, s- uh, last sa- uh, s- uh, Saturday night. Yeah. So those are at ProWrestlingTees.com if you're a-, a Golden Elite, Mark, like Jeremy. Um, hey, I-,
1: I already got one. I'm good. <laughs> I need to get me a Firing Squad shirt now. No, that was funny. <laughs>
2: also, also the, um, yeah, those Firing Squad shirts are up for sale. Yeah. Um, did we, we talked about the Young Bucks and their Funko Pops last week or not? Yeah, yep yeah, we did. Did we did we say that they're the number one seller in all of Hot Topic and they're outselling every other brand?
1: I don't remember if we did. I think they I think we had just came out last week. Well, when we they're report. already
2: the top sellers in, in top, all of Hot top all Hot Topic. Top draw. Yeah. Um, also, the guys from uh, All In, the entire being the elite cast, is going to do a talk is Jericho live on the cruise uh, for the Jericho Cruise. Yeah. So if you're going to be there, that's something that you want to check out. They just announced that. It's pretty cool. Um, Also on the cruise, we are getting a match, Ring of Honor versus Impact. Sammy Callahan taking on the villain Marty Skrull.
1: Yeah, that's very interesting.
2: Yeah. So that's going to be on the Jericho cruise that was announced this week. Pretty cool. A couple other things let's talk about. So uh, Michael Elgin worked some indie dates this past week which he really has been working almost none this past year right in the u.s yeah and uh i heard he had like this big heartfelt speech you know take that for whatever you you know everyone falls on different sides of this thing i no opinion on well i do have an opinion on but you know we've already kind of talked about it in the past so um but yeah it seems like elgin's working indie dates again yeah so who knows what that will lead to um WWN and WXW have announced a talent trade uh, between their schools. So the school here in Largo, that's headlined by uh, former uh, IWGP junior tag champion, Matt Seidel. Matt Seidel. And, uh, you know, they'll be trading like students and talent and sharing with the guys over in Germany. So that's kind of interesting because it seems like WXW kind of has a deal with... New Japan, to a degree, like with the, they're kind of connected to to all those different uh, promotions, and WWN's kind of connected to WWE. So, very interesting. Yeah, very, very, very interesting. Um, Brandy Rhodes has a bag that she is releasing. I think it's like thirteen hundred dollars. Louis
1: Vuitton. Louis Vuitton yeah.
2: Bullet Queen bag. So yeah. any of our listeners, the female folk out there, if you want the bullet oh, queen bag, you can right, get one now. Or
1: fellow if you want to prove your
2: love, you I don't I think it's ugly <laughs> as crap. I would never buy that for anybody, but okay. Um also, we got uh, news from Down Under, so uh, Melbourne City Wrestling, which has been uh, kind of working together with New Japan for the last couple of years, um, they've got uh, future shows announced with New Japan talent. Uh, Will Ospreay is going to be uh, headlining a show on July – well, I don't know if it's headline, but he'll be working a show on uh, July 21st against uh, I think it's uh, Lockheed Hendricks. Yeah, Lockheed Hendricks. Don't know who that is, but I'm assuming it's a local Australian talent. And then on uh, August eighteenth, Tetsuya Naito will be making his return to Australia, taking on none other than Jonah Rock.
1: On you can hear on the Social Suplex Podcast Network on Grown Man, watch this shit.
2: Yeah, so he was on. He, he was just interviewed by them. He's blowing up, and he's gonna be wrestling Naito, which is awesome. Um, and then. Do you have those star ratings for uh, Best in the World and the CEO Show? Yes, I do.
1: So, just real quick, these are Meltzer's star ratings for both those shows. The opening six-man tag with the Kingdom against Lij got two and a half. Flip Gordon against Bully Ray got two stars. The um, six, the eight woman tag got two star, two and a quarter stars. Aries versus Kenny King got a uh, three and a quarter. Jay Lethal vs. Kushida got 4 Punishing Martinez Against Adam Page Got uh, 3.75 The Briscoes against the Young Bucks Got 4.75 And then the title match Dalton Castle against Cody and Skrull Got uh, 3 stars flat And then uh, moving On to CEO Let me skip that real quick So the opening match with uh, Chase and Rance and Aaron Epic got 3 stars Um, There was no rating for Nakazawa against uh, Skinny Boy And Alex Yebele against Nakazawa Liger against Rocky Romero got 2.75 G.O.D. against Juice and Finley got 3 stars Jeff Cobb against Chase Owens got 3.25 Yep. Gucci and Dragon Lee against Roppongi 3K got 3.75 wow that's high um, and then the main event of Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi against Naito and Hiromu Takahashi got
2: 4.5 really? was it that good? I mean it was a good tag match I remember being good I don't know about it. man 4.5 seems awfully high okay I think I was like at 4 stars on that it was a good match awesome so yeah we got that Um, um, Chris Charlton's book we've mentioned his name a lot on this yeah obviously he's a uh, you know asset to the uh, New Japan community and he's very active on Twitter and uh, like I said you guys gotta follow him but he his new book Eggshells uh, which is a history of pro wrestling in the Tokyo Dome uh, is officially dropping on July 17th so like in a week not even less than that yeah um You can check out his Twitter. They've got plenty of information. It's going to be available for physical copy as well as e-copy. Trust me, you want this book.
1: Right. And um, like we mentioned earlier, our friends at Voices of Wrestling, if you win their G1 Pick'em,
2: that's a prize. Awesome. Um, The Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. We keep talking about this, but the WWE stuff is every week. It keeps coming up. It keeps coming up. So Kenny Omega recently stated that – You know, he felt like he could thrive in a WWE, uh, you know, atmosphere because, you know, he feels like sometimes he needs restraints for for his creativity to almost thrive, because with no restraints, it's there's no parameters for him to do what he needs to do. Whereas if he's given restraints, he can find a creative way to make something out of with that structure. He can work outside the box of that structure and, and find a way to be successful. He also said that it, it, it would be a missed opportunity. Yeah, if you if you couldn't work with guys like uh, Seth Rollins and uh, AJ Styles, the Young Bucks. This past week, they they've been asked about it, and they they asked, you know, why did they start following you guys on Twitter? And Nick was like, I got a really good Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and they said, you know, ultimately their decision whether they're going to go or not comes down to what's best for them and their family. Yeah, you think they're going? Every time, like every time it comes up, I'm like, "You think they're going?" I could see Kenny going. I don't know if the Young Bucks are going. I could see them all going. That's they got a lot of money. Right. They're they're trying to get that that NBC Universal and Fox but, money. But remember, Young Bucks got young
1: kids. I know they work a busy schedule right now. They get to see their family a lot. they, yeah. get, to, they get to be home for birthdays. Like
2: yeah, but Kenny Omega has Yeah. You'll sign him too. <laughs> um, I feel like they might. Well, they did say uh, they asked him if they're going and they said contract season's coming up, boys. Yeah. Get ready. So we'll keep you posted. But, man, it's I'm getting nervous. I'm getting nervous, man. I'm getting nervous. Um, let's talk about Jay Lethal, Taylor Hendricks, and the Ring of Honor controversy. Yeah. So we mentioned that last week. That came out last week, right? We mentioned it last week. I don't think it did. Maybe it, I don't think so. Okay. Well, anyway, did so it? I can't remember. I don't. But, I think it came out after the show. Okay.
1: So uh, I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong too. But a uh, former Ring of Honor um, star Taylor Hendricks, she was a part of the House of Truth with Jay Lethal and Truth Martini and Ring of Honor, um, came out. Somebody on Twitter. Uh, she was in a Twitter conversation And it came out She said that Jay Lethal Told her that The reason she was Taking off Ring of Honor TV Was because she wouldn't Sleep with Jay Lethal So Ring of Honor well, She
2: said that He told her that They sabotaged her career Yeah and got her taken off TV because she wouldn't sleep with him. The funny thing, though, and, you know, I'm going to while we're talking about it, I'm just going to lay out some of the facts. This isn't coming from a biased standpoint. This is just a fact. OK, take it for what it is. When the whole thing came up with Jay Lethal. She immediately basically kind of came out uh, and said... Well, someone had said, I think, something along the lines of, like, you know, I wish you were still part of the House of Truth. I miss the House of Truth. And And she's like, I don't miss it. She said, you know, it should have been the House of of Taylor, Taylor, yeah, basically, and that she was the real star.
1: And she was... Yeah, she was like... (sighs) She pretty much called Jay Lethal a joke and Truth Martini a joke.
2: Yeah, and she said, you know, basically what has Jay ever done? Right. He's he ever drawn. He just
1: rips off legends and That's his
2: whole legacy. And Truth
1: Martini just reads out of a stupid book.
2: Yeah, and she's like, you know, so, you know, her initial reaction to the whole deal with with, with Jay was, you know, he has he's not a, you know, he's he's a joke. And then someone's like, Well, you know, he has all these accolades, like, what and, have you done? Yeah. And they're like, what have you done? And then, so she, she kind of shot back and she's like, Oh, uh, the guy that you're standing up for is, um, you know, basically, uh, sabotaged my career because I wouldn't sleep with him. Now I understand there's a lot of ways you could take that. And I'm not going to sit here and say it couldn't have happened, but I will say this. Um, I don't think necessarily, if someone brought up Jay lethal, the first thing she's going to publicly do is come out and be like, oh, well, he sabotaged my career because of this. But it it doesn't seem to be a good look if you're like, hey, Jay sucks because he can't, uh, you know, he doesn't have his own gimmick. And he, right, you know. yeah. and then all of a sudden when someone it like kind of counters you and they're like, well, he's done this, he's done that. What have you done? And instead deflect and then be like, oh, well, he did this to me. Um, you know and like with the Me Too stuff now if he did that and it's found out it's gonna be it's gonna be bad.
1: Yeah. It's gonna be. But um, I have a statement here from Jay Lethal. Yeah, he, he responded said, to it. He said, "Let me be clear. There's absolutely no validity to these baseless allegations. Throughout my career, I have sought to conduct myself with honor and integrity. I would never engage in any conduct that of disrespects this of business or the men and women in this industry. Every individual has a right to be heard and must be given every opportunity to speak the truth to power." Anyone engaging in misconduct or abuse or any kind simply has no place in our business or our society. I am confident that these unfortunate allegations will be proven to be completely unfounded at the conclusion of Ring of Honor's investigation.
2: Yeah, and Ring of Honor kind of came out and said that they're taking this very seriously and that they were going to, uh, you know, do an investigation and you know that sort of thing. And I I think part of that's probably damage control. But here's what I will say with Taylor. Whether whether this happened to her or not, she and it's well known fact she has a uh, a history of being hard to work with according to almost every promotion she's worked in and and uh, you know that's the word around the industry um, of having like an inflated ego mm-hmm. and basically being like a diva and almost impossible to work with and she's said outlandish things about other people in the past on social media to where. Let's say, let's say hypothetically, this is a real situation, and it very well could be. This is not to, to deflect and say there's no way it could be. Um, it's going to be hard for her because of the way that she's conducted herself. Yeah, she's
1: past. ruined her credibility.
2: Yeah, her credibility. Not to say it's totally ruined, but I mean, but, yeah, it's not. It, it, when when you conduct yourself a certain way, it's hard for people to take you seriously. Like you know what I mean? Right. Um, now, if I hope. That if Jay Lethal... If this is true, I hope it gets found out. And, yeah. and I hope there is some sort of justice. Uh, but with that being said, like... And, hey, Bill Cosby happened. You know, nobody thought that, like, the Bill Cosby thing could have been what it was. Right. But... but So, so what I'm about to say doesn't isn't the end-all, be-all. But I will say, like, you never hear a bad thing about Jay Lethal in the in the wrestling industry from anybody. Right. Like, you just don't. Like... You know, and it's not just because, like, we live in the area he does and we, we've talked to him or anything like that. Like, when in a, from nobody has a bad thing to say about this guy, like, that I've ever heard. Yeah. I mean, I, I've seen people shoot on him and, and they all they say, they talk so highly of him. Right. So, I mean, could he have done it? Yeah. I mean, you you don't ever really know what's going on with people, but I mean, it's not a good look. Yeah. Yeah, especially
1: he just, he just won the Ring of Honor title
2: Yeah, that's one thing Whether whether he did it or not uh, Who knows if they even decide to keep going forward with him as champion with, In the midst of something like this But at the same time I mean, with
1: them, they tape like a bunch of TV So I mean, all that's in the can with him as a
2: champion So I don't know how they get around that It's a smaller company too And at the end of the day, this could be something that just kind of gets forgotten about And blow, blows over real quick Yeah Hard to say yeah, we'll keep you guys posted if we hear anything else. But yeah, uh, that was one of the big stories this week. And then um, to kind of close the show out, let's talk about the uh, latest episode of Being the Elite that just came out. Yeah, so
1: I think it was called what? Uh, Family dinner. Family dinner. Yeah. Um, and
2: another solid episode. That it was so funny. The episode uh, opened up with uh, Chris Jericho and the Young Bucks kind of giving a follow up from last week when they're meeting in the room doing the uh, the Alpha Club. Yeah. And then uh, when they were walking out, Chris Jericho like realized that Marty Skrull had been in his closet the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, Marty was like, "Listen, like I heard you inviting those guys to be in the Alpha Club. Like, what if you invited the villain?" <laughs> And then Jericho's like, nah. And he's, he's like, like, I don't have another Off Club shirt. He's like, what about that one right there on your shoulder? <laughs> and he's like, oh, no, I, I got to give this to somebody else. And then he's like, you know what? We'll take you under consideration. And then he's like, what are you doing? He's like, oh, I'm just taking out some notes. He's like, is that a list? <laughs> and he's like, no, it's it's not a list. He's, he's like, that's copyrighted by WWE. <laughs> it's WWE copyright. I get, we, we, I'm just taking down notes in, in a journal. And he's like, that looks like a list. <laughs> and then um, eventually, like, he was, oh, yeah. And he was like, Jericho, why don't you join the village? Club. Club. and Jared goes like nah <laughs> <laughs> and then um, after he, he basically kicks uh, Marty out of the room and as soon as Marty walks out he's like he just What's made the list, list. <laughs> oh, oh that popped gosh. me um, so then uh, we, we got actually we got a really important question from one of our listeners this past week we, did, we actually didn't even ask for questions but um, our good friend of the show Kyle Morris
1: Kyle Morris he's, he said we had to answer this question this is a very important question who killed famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan?
2: I don't think uh, – here's my theory. I don't think Joey Ryan ever did get killed. Obviously, like they said last week, they never found his body. Right. And um, I think like it's one of those weird things where like he isn't dead for whatever reason. I, I think he like faked his death. Yeah, because yeah. of the hairy arm that like
1: touched Hangman last week.
2: Yeah, last week I thought that was that was Joey Ryan's arm. But um, it was funny this week because um, basically Hangman started freaking out. We've been hearing this weird voice uh, and apparently it turns out that it's actually this Hangman. Hangman's voice. And he's doing like a gimmick where he's like Smeagol from like Lord of the Rings. He's like Gollum. He's Gollum and Smeagol. He's got like the good side and the bad side yeah. and he's like basically talking about how he, he killed Joey Ryan and so so it's like a split personality thing. And then he started attacking himself like it was straight up fight club, like Tyler Durden sort of crap. Yeah. So really kind of – I don't even – I've never enjoyed – to be honest with you, I've never, ever, ever, ever at any point during being the Elite enjoyed the Hangman-Joey Ryan feud. Yeah. Like, the only thing that's funny about it is when they talk about Joey Ryan's hot wife. (laughs) (laughs) And then when they say famous Famous dick wrestler. But uh, I really... And then last week's funeral was just excellent. But, like, I've never really enjoyed their funeral. Well, you know what? That's probably going to be all-in. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to wrestle it all in. Yeah. Um, But the the main uh, part of the episode revolved around... um, you know the, the bucks kind of like talking to uh, Cody and saying, saying that they thought he was still like that the guy that they fell in love with 2 years ago on the road and that he's still their friend and there's still goodness in him and then they met with Kenny and they're like we think we think deep down Cody's still good and then Kenny was like get out of here and then Nick's like can you just can you not kill him please
1: yeah <laughs> and then they're all like and Kenny's like I'm just gonna wrestle him it's gonna be a, you know, a typical Kenny Omega match he's like oh a typical Kenny Omega match so you're gonna like, knee him in the face 25 times
2: <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Kenny's like he signed up for this it is what it is and I was like "That oh oh before we move on we gotta talk about the bit when they're in the back talking about psychology
1: oh yeah so oh, Kenny's it's like one of the funniest things Kenny's they- in there with glasses on like reading this book and they're like Kenny we've been trying so hard to like get the seven stars like how no, you, no no they're, they're like
2: how do you do have you, a five star match He's like how do you break no he's like how did you break the five star scale they're like we can't they're like we can't have a five star match they're like we've tried and he's like huh well let me ha-. he's like well they they're like how did you break you know how did you break the scale and he's like well everyone knows that critics love a really really long singles match over any tag match. Yeah, he's he's like, like, so you're already working from a handicap. Yeah, and then he's like, have you tried limb work? <laughs> <laughs> and they were like, we've done that. We've tried that. Four point five was the highest we could get. Oh yeah, and he was like, they were like all nervous for the for the night. And he's like, uh, what's wrong? He's like, uh, we're gonna have a four star match tonight, <laughs> which they did, <laughs> which they did. <laughs> And then he's like, ooh, four. He's like, and then they're like, 4.5. He's like, so low.
1: Like, he's like, oh, that's so average. That's
2: so average. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, he was like, have you guys tried high spots? They're like, we've done it all, Kenny. And then they're like, what's your secret? He's like, I'll tell you guys my secret. I've been cheating. And they're like, how? He's like, and then he holds up this book and it says, Psychology. Psychology. <laughs> Oh, oh my god. god dude, that's so, great stuff. Yeah, that was really really great. But um at the end of the um at the end of the skit where they basically told like Kenny like, "Hey, once this match is over, can you just not like don't hurt don't hurt Cody too bad." So they had the match and then they showed the um the clip from last week where where Nick had the vision. Yeah, Nick was starting to have a vision and he said something bad was going to happen. Well, it turns out that his vision was specifically the Tongans turning on the Bullet Club, so, but one, one thing that okay, so when they turned on the Bullet Club, when they turned on the Elite, the way it was set up was that they were all standing on stage, and behind them was Tama, uh, Tengaloa, and, and King Haku. King Haku, and they were all lined up behind you know the Bucks and and Kenny. One thing that I never noticed when it happened is that while they were posing. Nick started to have a vision and his eyes were behind his
1: head, like the whole look too sweet. His eyes were right behind his head. His
2: (laughs) eyes were rolling into the back of his head, a picture of it. Like, oh my God, he was up there having it on live TV. (laughs) (laughs) They showed it on Being the Elite, and uh, that's right when the the firing squad turned on them. So that was just classic, man. And then the the episode ended with uh, all the Bullet Club guys having dinner in a hotel room. Cody walks in and he sits down next to Kenny. They've made peace. Everyone's banged up. Everyone's hurt. They're all upset. And then Cody just looks at them. He's like, how are we going to get these motherfuckers? Oh, I I didn't mean to say that. I was going to say mother effers, but I said the actual word. I was channeling Cody. Dang it. Oh, but anyways, man, bad mouth. Uh, But yeah, man, I like cuss more on the show than I normally do. I don't know what I'm doing. But anyway,s <laughs> um, it's been a long week, ladies and gentlemen. And then um, they were like, "What's up with King Haku? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, what was his problem? And they're like, "Why is he? Why is he beating us up so bad?" And then that was pretty much the end of the episode. Yeah. So like, the the the, the elites all back together, but the firing squad's squad separate. So I think that's going to do it for this week's episode Yeah that
1: wraps it up Next week we'll be back with the G1 Climax 28 coverage Wow And we'll do our best ladies and gentlemen To keep up to date with the tournament And have all the fresh hot takes and reviews From all the latest happenings in the G1 I want to thank you again for listening to another episode. Make sure you connect with us on social media. On Twitter, I am at Jeremy L. Donovan. The show is at K.I. Strong Style. Um, You can follow Social Suplex at Social Suplex on Facebook. We are Facebook.com slash Social Suplex. You can also find us in the Wrestling Squared Circle Facebook group facebook.com slash groups slash wrestling squared circle um also you can follow us on reddit i am the pro black guy josh is keeping it strong style make sure you check out all the other shows on the social suplex podcast network one nation radio the ricky and clive wrestling show the outsiders edge grown men watch this shit and then also um, be on the lookout for a Social suitbox Radio uh, interview with the Captain Aaron Nova from Tampa Bay Pro Wrestling. Um, that should be dropping this week. So don't forget to subscribe to the Social Suplex Podcast Network and leave a rating and review. And until next time, goodbye and good night.